0: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The following program is MLW. Today's episode of what happened when Monday is brought to you by our friends at fullbrickhouse.com. If you're ready to own a house for only $500 down fullbrickhouse.com is the place for you. They'll even help you cover your moving costs. It sounds too good to be true, but now you can own a full brick house, a brand new home for less than what you're paying in current rent. Maybe even better than that credit scores in the five hundreds can be approved. And as always, with a new home, of course, you're getting a bumper-to-bumper warranty. If something goes wrong, you're covered. And if you're worried about your lease, FullBrickHouse.com can even help you buy out your current lease. And of course, the very best thing about FullBrickHouse.com is you're going to be in a brand new home. New is just better. Not only do you get a warranty, you get to pick everything out. You can make this dream a reality and own your very own house for only $500 down even with less than perfect credit at fullbrickhouse.com.
1: Something to Wrestle With Live is coming to Detroit Sunday, October 8th at the St. Andrews Hall in Detroit.
2: So I went to the show in Los Angeles and it was unreal.
0: The one in Baltimore uh, before the uh, Extreme Rules show. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great experience.
2: God damn!
1: Excuse me, sir. I'm trying to do a commercial for Something to Wrestle With Live with Bruce Pritchard.
0: He's a heel!
1: Something to Wrestle With Live is coming to Detroit, Sunday, October 8th, at the St. Andrews Hall in Detroit.
3: Uh, I did the uh, VIP meet and greet, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, we got to show up early and got to hang out with Bruce and
4: Conrad for a little bit beforehand. The show was amazing, the surprise guests were awesome. Come
3: out of a box,
2: you're over, mother. No, nope. Completely hilarious. The spark, hands down, has to be the meet and greet. Start to finish, the whole show was a blast. Right. Tweeted
3: out what a blast it was i don't want anybody touching my shit.
1: um excuse me sir uh, no one's got through your shit. no one's touching your stuff touching my i don't shit, know
0: no nope. talk to me just talk to me sir oh no. my god i'm freaking out just talk to sir, me my... you need to leave right to the goddamn you need door. to go get my shit you, Put oh. my shit in, in my car so, right there. Right? Fine. Walk Fine. And
1: look, something to Wrestle With Live is See coming to Detroit. Sunday October, and and to com. Sunday, October 8th at 1 p.m. at the St. Andrews Hall with special guest Jim Cornette. Tickets for this and other upcoming Something to Wrestle With Live shows are available at boxofgimmicks.com. Sunday, October 8th at 1 p.m. at the St. Andrews Hall with special guest Jim Cornette.
4: Welcome to WHW Monday, Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions and now let's go to the ring and here's your co-host,
0: hey hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you're listening to What Happened With Monday here on the MLW Radio Network. And uh, we're joined by our very special guest. I don't guess you're a guest. You're here every week. It's the man with the plan, Tony Schiavone. Well, anytime I come to the
4: Conradison, I'm a guest. So, yeah, I'm a guest. Thank you, buddy. It's good to be with you. Another great weekend and
0: uh, another great weekend of
4: uh,
0: of wrestling. And we're about to be dissecting what won the poll this week, which is Nitro number 159. And, and we want you to go ahead and pull this up on the WWE Network. Uh, Tony Schiavone, of course, was doing live commentary on this show back on September 28th, 1998. But we're going to revisit it now uh, and through a different set of eyes. You know, obviously, Tony's been out of wrestling for a long time, but he's paying attention again now. But at the same time, wrestling is, and society is a lot different. So we're going to take a look at something that happened roughly 19 years ago. So if you haven't already, go ahead and flip it over to the WWE Network. We're going to fire down on episode 159 of Monday Nitro. And as a reminder, this went down on September 28th, 1998. Tony, are you ready? Before you hit play, I do want to say this is a little warm up for me for what's coming up this Thursday as we
4: download this on Monday. Uh, The MLW One Shot is coming up at the Guilt Nightclub. That's right.
0: Yeah. On on Thursday. And I'm going to be uh, one of the commentators there. So check it out. Pick up your tickets right now. I believe tickets are on sale. 15 bucks each. All right. uh, that's a great value. Court right. Bauer put together some phenomenal shows in the early 2000s. If you weren't really paying attention then, maybe that doesn't ring a bell. Go out of your way to find the DVDs or find those online. I'm sure they're hanging around somewhere. And uh, he's getting the band back together, so to speak. Ricochet is going to be there. It's going to be uh, quite the show. Mm-hmm. And something you never thought you would hear Tony Schiavone calling a ricochet match. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, it's MLW one shot. So yeah. pick up your tickets now and uh, stay tuned because you never know. We might have a live show announcement pretty soon, right, Tony? Pretty soon we might. We are certainly working on it, aren't we? We're working on it. We've got uh, lots of folks. We're working on different venues and ideas. And, uh, we've already got some preliminary guests who have expressed interest in participating. So, uh, if, and when that comes together, we'll announce it here on the show. All right. So go ahead and, uh, fire up the WWE network and we're going to have you press play. And, uh, we're going to tell you to do that, uh, right now. I feel like we should remind everybody that whenever they pick up a shirt over at pro wrestling com forward slash WHW, you actually give them a call. Isn't that right? I call and, uh, spend some time with them. Some guys, are are
4: very modest and and want to uh, just spend a few moments with me. And they all say, I know you got a lot of calls to make, which they're right. But if you want to spend more time with me and ask me some questions and and have a a few words, I'm I'm more than glad to talk to you. You know, it sounds cliche and and kind of trite, but uh, you know, you do mean a lot to me uh, on many levels that you're a fan and you appreciate my work. And number two, that you bought a shirt to help out the wedding cause for the Shivani family. So it all means a lot, and, and and I do this because I want to. We've got some great shirts. You know, uh, there's no doubt that Tommy Young... Go ahead, Tommy Young.
0: Still <laughs> probably the number one seller, the right? The number one seller, absolutely.
4: Uh, and Damn I Am
0: Good is a big seller as well. A lot of people are getting the out-of-time shirts. And I've seen a lot, believe it or not, of the old Shivani-style berry shirts. I right. know that uh, that's a favorite in your household, but I dig it. I know Zack Ryder loves Lois. Steel rules. Mm. I mean, there's so many really fun shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WHW. I feel like suckers got to know that <laughs> you're going to give them a call. Uh, and I don't know that you saw this, but somewhere on cable TV in the last week or two, someone was rocking Bill's glass bottom boat ride tours.
4: Ah, well, I, I talked to uh, a one of the one of our uh, one of our fans. I don't remember the name. He said he went to the uh, Baltimore equivalent of Comic-Con, and he wore the Tommy Young shirt. Really? Yeah, and he wore it on the floor, and he said he got every bit of five to six guys as he's walking by going, Tommy Young. So, <laughs> so
0: they,
4: they, it's uh, it's well known. I mean, it, I, we're looking right now at the Nitro Girls. Yikes. Uh, dancing, and this is... Look, look how hot we are uh, as far as all the signs... Uh, And all the reaction of the fans and and it's just, uh, it's a great time for WCW. We're in Rochester, New York, a town that I've been in many times, uh, calling baseball games, but the fans are just really into everything and they're into wrestling. And, uh, it's a great time to be part of WCW Monday Nitro. But now we go
0: to the set. What the fuck are you wearing? Look at this. You've got on a double breasted coat, but then you've got on like a polo rugby <laughs> this, I don't know. Did Lois stress you here? Uh, apparently, she did because this sucks. And I
4: mean, look at the look at the reaction for the living legend Larry zabisco
0: Oh, he's got a he's got to soak it in here. Boy, is he ever! You know, it's weird seeing Mike today on TV. You know, after all this time, because he's been away from wrestling for a little while. Do you think we ever see Taney back involved in wrestling again?
4: I don't think so. I, I think Mike, uh living out in Las Vegas, enjoys what he's doing. A, the professor was always big into sports books and, uh, I guess gambling or betting on games. And, uh, I think he's, uh, he's got a, I think he's got his own podcast, uh, about sports books.
0: So I don't think so. And I think he still has the first penny he ever made as well. Uh, right here. I got to say, it looks like you run like a boy scout troop. <laughs> or you like you You live in a club a tree house like i don't know what the deal is there you have an interesting look there. i think it's rather sexy it's rather it's it's you consider yourself sexy here
4: it's it's tone well yeah it's tony shivani's look it's it's
0: different i like the referring to ourselves in third person yes, i now. like that okay <laughs> Man. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's out here with Eric Bischoff and I, yeah, I feel like Hogan gets a lot of unnecessary criticism one of the most dynamic performers of all time because whether you loved him or hated him he was one of the most over baby faces if not the most ever over at the time and here he's over so hard as a super heel and very few can be so well at both well, when he first came to
4: WCW, he was a babyface. If we'll recall, Bash of the Beach, nineteen ninety four, and it was one of our biggest nights ever. Then we did our biggest business when he turned heel.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. ramped up big for you know his debut, but then it took it to another level with him turning heel. And Hogan, whether you want to admit it or not is really the guy who moved the needle in a big way for WCW. They sure had been did. a money-losing company year after year after year ever since Turner bought it. And then when Hogan shows up, they start turning a profit. And that for whatever reason doesn't get talked about. Um but without Hogan being here, WCW would have never been in a position to beat the WWF in my opinion.
4: No, you're right. You you are exactly right. And that's all Eric Bischoff's doing. And, and
0: that's see the Vince McMahon painting in the yes, back. I did. There's a giant photo of Vince McMahon in the front or second row, an old school promo photo of him. And if, if I had to make a bet, uh, security's coming to snatch that shit. There they come <laughs> <laughs>
4: on the right. Now you're exactly right. One of Doug Dellinger Stooges taking down the Vince McMahon sign
0: <laughs> who in the truck would have seen that and put a bug in the ear of the security. to get It a probably it? would have been,
4: uh, probably Keith Mitchell. Yeah, you probably would have seen that.
0: So uh, just to kind of catch you up here, there's a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a hodgepodge of storylines going on here. Cause on the one hand, you've got Brett Hart who has been working with sting, but Brett is saying, you know, Hogan broke a promise to me. So Hogan and Brett are cross, but at the same time, the warrior is here and that's who Hogan's really trying to chase to avenge his 1990 loss at WrestleMania six and Tony has maybe our best show ever in Halloween Havoc 1998, where you did hilarious commentary, uh, here in 2017, uh, on that. I don't know. I guess we'll call it train wreck yes. of Hogan warrior two. What a debacle that was. It's yeah. available in the archives and we're on our build here. So we're kind of doing things a little out of order because we've already covered that pay-per-view, but this is September 28th. So we're definitely building towards that Halloween Havoc show. Yeah, that that match was a clusterfuck with fire. Is what that was.
4: <laughs> <laughs> if I recall. And but again, I I just it just blows my mind about and I look at this Conrad and I I'm thinking, what in the how did we fuck all this up? How do we fuck all this excitement? How do we fuck all this fan support up? We're talking Rochester, New York. We're not talking about one of the strongholds for the old NWA and in, in Greensboro or in, in Charlotte or in the South or in Jacksonville. We're talking Rochester, New York, and look how hot we are. And of course, Hulk Hogan is, is in the center of the ring right now. And he's got everybody's attention and, uh, he's
0: cutting a, a tremendous heel promo. It's worth mentioning when you're talking about the, the business doing well here, this is a sellout crowd of 10,523 fans nine thousand eight hundred and fourteen paid two hundred and forty seven thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars that was a house that was unheard of just a few years prior to this absolutely and and this is a lot of people would say oh wcw is already on the downswing here but their business here in 98 is still another level from 1997 and the narrative has been changed over the years to where that doesn't really reflect but your average attendance in august of 97 was 5200 fans your average attendance in August of 98 was 7,900 fans. Your average gate went from 88,000 up to 173,000. And ratings are, are way up too. They go from a 2.3 to a 3.7. So it's it's trending up. And it's even trending up from the prior month. In July, the average rating was a 3.3. It's even higher in August. So a lot of people assume that after Starcade 97, the business started to tumble a little bit for WCW. That's just not the case. Now, creatively you could argue differently, right? But financially you guys are seeing success everywhere you go. Success everywhere. And it's because look at the talent that we
4: had look in the ring right now where there's Hogan, we've got the warrior, uh, we've got Bret Hart. And, and if, if they talk about the Monday night wars, well, fans were looking at seeing who would end up showing up next with the NWO or who would walk in unannounced
0: surprised, And, uh, It was just a great time for WCW. The week prior to this, we should mention that Nitro was at the fleet center in Boston. They drew 15,144 fans, 14,280 of which paid 265,279 bucks. So back to back huge shows here. And on that show, the reason I mention it is at one point, of course, smoke appears in the ring. And then, uh, when the, the smoke clears the disciples there, but he's asleep on the mat. And then Hogan and the NWO Black and White show up and they're trying to recapture Ed Leslie. Uh, but the steam comes. So then we see uh, the warrior in the rafters with a blow up doll uh, that's supposed to look like the disciple. Um, <laughs> they don't do any close ups at all. Thank God. But we're supposed to believe that uh, Ed Leslie, who was just lifeless in the ring asleep, is now the blow up doll in the rafters in the blink of an eye. Uh, who booked this shit?
4: I don't know. I don't know who booked this shit, but I, but I can tell you, I guess Kevin Sullivan was main part of the book.
0: Actually, believe it or not, by this point, Kevin Sullivan and Terry Taylor were kind of on the outs. They had recently sent Terry Taylor home and most of the creative decisions were being done by Eric Bischoff and believe it or not, um, Hervey, Jason Hervey, Jason Hervey, former child actor from the Wonder years, great friend of Eric Bischoff. Uh, He had carried a lot of favor with Bill Shaw. So Hervey was helping Bischoff, uh, but he's got heavy influence every Monday and every Thursday for Hogan and Nash. Uh, There's a, a delicate balancing act kind of behind the scenes right now of who's going to really have the influence, Hogan or Nash. Hogan wants to be the guy to get his victory over Goldberg and be the first guy to beat him and win the belt back. Nash is trying to move himself into that spot instead. But if he can't be the guy who beats Goldberg, he wants to be the guy who beats Hogan after Hogan beats Goldberg, or at least that's according to Dave Meltzer and the wrestling observer. Your response. Well, my response is I had no idea this was going on. I knew Jason and, and
4: Eric were good friends. I knew that they were close. I knew that he was an advisor, but I don't know. You know, I, you know, one time,
0: And this was not, I I don't think we're just now doing the open. So everything we've seen so far happened before the open, right? You know, I didn't do any research on this. Do you think this is probably when you guys were trying to start the show a few minutes early. And now this is going to be the top of the hour right here.
4: Yes, that's exactly what it is. You bring out Hogan and you capture the audience. So
0: they won't channel change.
4: They won't channel change. And you get that rating hit at the top of the hour, because if I recall, I remember the ratings meter was at the top, the quarter, at the
0: bottom. Yeah, they were doing quarter hours. Right. So if you wanted to secure your your first quarter hour, why not start with Hogan? Mm -hmm. And then if you're like me, you're thinking, well, let's get LaParca out here. Yeah, right. So why not just flush it down the fucking toilet and bring la Parca out whoa 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 whoa! i won't let you sit here and disparage the good goddamn name of la parka the good goddamn name la parka la is the fucking man he's my favorite luchador ever you disagree? He really? he's the chairman of wcw just ask him okay Look at this. i can
4: tell too and uh this is uh as you can tell they're paying attention to parka aren't they
0: well they're mugging for the camera yeah um it, this just goes to show you they're rednecks even in new york well they're everywhere buddy you know and here's what i always wondered like how does so many rednecks get front row tickets for WCW? That That's a good question. I where guess. did they pass that out? Down at the bowling alley or where, the Waffle House? Where's this going down? <laughs> and I can uh, say that I'm from Alabama. Yes. It. All right. So up next, Super Calo. Oh God. Um, what's your favorite Super Calo match, Tony? Uh, it's coming up right here, I do believe. We're,
4: we're getting ready to see it. This is the one I remember. If, this is the one I remember more than any because they did a couple of really great high spots. And didn't sell shit.
0: You know, if he had a tag team partner, I would want the tag team partner saying to be fragilistic.
4: <laughs> Love the sunglasses that are sewn onto the mask. Don't you?
0: I do. I feel like, you know, sold my super califragilistic Fragilistic <laughs> you know, sold that. Say, and I feel like uh, you're stealing my gimmick now because, uh, <laughs> he's got the LL cool J pants on, which I like, and, you know, so there's the one leg high and one leg low. But I love the sunglasses. <laughs> parka's dancing is the best, man. <laughs> oh my god! parka's the best. Oh my god! Uh. Super Calo with the shades yeah. inside the glass, inside the mask makes him cool, right? Well, if you say it loud enough, you always sound atrocious.
4: Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. I right. thought I would say that. Super Calo with the r- right hand, and you know it, it's—you really do like parka right? I mean, I
0: love parka Well,
4: he is one of the biggest luchadors. That's what we used to always sell. Well, and there's nothing like a nut shot from a luchador, right in front of a referee. <laughs> right in front of the referee, not like a nut shot from a luchador. And of course, the referee doesn't admonish him, and the match keeps going on.
0: This referee looks like a cartoon version of a referee from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. It's Billy
4: Silverman. It's who he is, and uh, that's Alicia Silverman's uh,
0: younger brother. Uh, Billy Ooh. Billy Silverman here to me looks like he sells nationwide insurance.
4: Should I call some spots here? Let's do it. Okay. Foot to the face. LaParca turns around. And he hits him again in the jaw. He's got to adjust his mask one more time. Oh, my goodness. How about this? Not even knocking his teeth out on that turnbuckle. That was a reference to recently on No Mercy. And up to the top goes LaParca, Sending Super Callow up. Billy Silverman. Oh, man. He's got some moves, doesn't he? Conrad. And he pulls him down by the hair up top. There's that's called a hurricane Uh, Rick Flair calls it. a have a Corona. I have a Corona <laughs> into the midsection and down goes super
0: Calo. Here comes the park again. And the largest luchador hits the iron. That's the second time he's done the pole shot in, in 60 seconds. Yeah. And of course, He's not going to sell it. As you can tell, let's briefly touch on last week's episode, because a lot of people dug, uh, and it's quickly become one of our most downloaded episodes, my year in the WWF. What was the feedback you got from that week? Everybody, everybody that I talk with gave me great feedback that, uh, they, it
4: was kind of behind the scenes, look at some of the things that went down with Titan TV back then. And some of the great stories. I got a lot of feedback about, and I only talked about this at the end in a very short period about, uh, the deposition I did with Jerry McDivitt.
0: Yeah. I don't think a lot of people knew that that ever happened. Right. They talked about that
4: and about uh, my relationship with Vince and
0: my relationship with Linda. Uh,
4: and you know, it was before, again, it was before the kids were grown up. So it it was a different time. Sure. And, uh, the thing is I've heard about Vince McMahon since then are not the Vince McMahon that I remember. Right everybody changes i guess and everybody moves on
0: well one of the things that kind of went viral after our episode last week is you know i i questioned you almost like a prosecutor about vince's house and, right. and we joked about the rumor and innuendo that there was a silly portrait of vince mcmahon in his living room right and then someone found it from an, uh, an old issue of sports illustrated somewhere in march of 1991 they interviewed vince about the world wrestling federation and it was a cross promotion to help promote wrestlemania seven but they showed excuse me a picture of vince on his couch lounging around in um some silly workout clothes that's kind of his version of zubaz which he called zero boogie and he's got this giant dog underneath him these crazy high top sneakers but then there's this portrait over his couch that almost looks like it's out of ghostbusters <laughs> right. do you remember the portrait and ghostbusters yes, that right. came to life but it's a vince mcmahon sitting like side saddle on a on a motorcycle mm-hmm. it's just absurd uh and that photo went viral and i've got to think that it happened because we talked about it here on our show last week right yeah i i i agree with that
4: i never did see that thing and of course it could have
0: we're talking about WrestleMania
4: seven. So that was a year later after I left.
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't know that it was brand new, but it was funny because on my show with Bruce Pritchard, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, something to wrestle.com, uh, at the very beginning of this week's episode, this past Friday, I asked him about it and he told me that's not the only portrait in the house. Linda actually has one too. Wow. And, uh, now I'm curious, like, will we ever get to see Linda's yeah. if we've got Vince's in like a, a tight polo side yeah. saddle on a bike. <laughs> What's Linda doing? What's she side saddle on, right? Well, I wasn't going to say all that.
4: <laughs> well, I just—I would just uh, theorize. Have a Corona. One, two, and Billy Silverman. Notice how the chair is still positioned on the apron of the ring. Does that mean he's going to come into play here? Might be way? a little foreshadowing yep. for the chairman of the board here. It sure is. Now they're just doing acrobatic shit. That's all they're doing. That nobody sells. See, this is the part. And I do understand there's a
0: a market for this, Oh, but a move
4: like that, wouldn't you cover him?
0: Oh, that move hurt. Yeah. Let me just say the Alabama slam.
4: Is that what that's called? The Alabama slam?
0: I think that's what hardcore Holly referred to That's a great move. It's a
4: big boy to be doing that. You're damn right. I was thinking the same thing and he got a three count. La is your winner over super callow. And there's the chair. And like we say, oh! oh, come on. Hit the guy. Not the mat. Please. If you're going to hit it, if you're going to hit him with a chair like that. I can man up and hit him, buddy. It's not going to hurt him. We got to go to a break. Thank fucking God.
0: So uh, I feel like I should mention here. A lot of people remember this too. Davey boy Smith was very famously injured. From taking bumps on the trap door that was set up to allow the warrior to enter the ring. Well, I didn't realize it until I did some research here, but it turns out Conan, Disco Inferno, and Juventude were all banged up from hitting that trap door, too. Does that ring a bell? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. I especially remember that Disco Inferno was banged up because he
4: always let everybody know.
0: So now for something a little different. We've got Mean Gene and Brett the Hitman Hart is coming out. He's got on his Calgary Hitman jersey. He's got the leather jacket. And he's got the United States title. And this feels a little weird to me. Why is that? Well, just to see Bret Hart in WCW, it almost feels like me trying to write with my left hand. <laughs> okay. I know it's really happening, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's like a, a surreal moment, right? And for whatever reason, at this point, it was already pretty clear that Bret Hart was not getting over in WCW. And there's lots of, of theories as to why that is, but I've got one for you. Can I freestyle? Please. Please. Well, they're having him come out a lot without any music. And when he does come out, he's kind of, well, let me say this. Recently, he was seconded by Vincent and Stevie Ray. And it feels like to me, if you're coming out as a gang and Brett Hart's your leader, or I guess that's the way they were going here. And you've got Vincent and Stevie Ray. Right. It doesn't feel like, like is Brett supposed to bring them up? Right. Or is what's really happening? They're bringing him down. Right. Yeah. He's, he's leading out. Listen, I
4: love Stevie Ray. He's leading out the job boys of the NWO. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, know. you know, if you're, if he's out here with Hall and Nash, okay, that's different. But, sure. But he's out here with Vincent and Stevie Ray. It just feels like WCW didn't really know what to do with Bret Hart. That's true.
4: Uh, I've, I've got, I've got kind of a theory here too. I, Brett was one of the greatest ring technicians ever. Absolutely. But I never thought that Brett was the greatest talker in the world.
0: Well, you know, at the same time though, the greatest talker in the world, you're talking about a handful of guys. So it's rarefied air. Okay.
4: Look, he wasn't as good a talker as Roddy Piper. He wasn't as good a talker as Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, maybe not Kevin Nash. And maybe so. Anyway, we're, we're so, as we saw with Hogan at the beginning of it, we're so tuned into the promo, the promo. Well, let me ask you this.
0: And your, your, why didn't they put him in the ring? Your world champion here is Goldberg. Was he a strong promo? No, he was. All right. Out next here. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> here is the
4: disciple man. Look at him. He's looking good. Look at the eyes. He's coming for you. Conrad. How much cocaine he on right here? <laughs> Tell the truth. He's, I don't know. He's coming
0: for Conrad. Who's always talks about him as being Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. So he's got, and this just happened a week prior, I believe on the nitro prior is when we see uh, him come out with this one warrior nation, the O W N on his jacket, right? Showing off that insignia here and sick boy is attacking him. There was recently a match on pay-per-view with Perry Saturn and Raven. And the gimmick was if Perry lost, he had to join the flock. But if Perry won, the flock had to disband. Mm. Oh, look at there. Ed Leslie on the receiving end of a suplex. Ooh, he he looks, doesn't sell suplexes, backdrops, knees to the stomach, but, punches, kicks, well, tickets. On. Leslie doesn't <laughs> no, no. sell anything. Okay.
4: But but you got to realize here that he's part of the OWN. So he's like
0: possessed. So he doesn't sell. He doesn't sell. None of this shit hurts him. Guess what else he doesn't do? Pop a rating. Ratings okay. are dying here. Um, it was interesting because that warrior segment was, was really, really over the first time, but then not so much. And you started to see slowly, but surely it would kill ratings and the crowd, uh, very recently in the, the week prior to this in Boston, they actually chanted warrior sucks. Nitro sucks. This is boring. And they wanted Goldberg. Guess who wasn't at the super show in Boston? Goldberg Goldberg wasn't. So Leslie here doing his very best, uh, ultra warrior impression, I suppose against sick boy. What's your favorite sick boy match. This is the first time I ever remember sick boy ever being in the ring. When you
4: mentioned sick boy right there, I'm thinking who the fuck is this kid? He doesn't look too bad though. Does he? I mean, the way they dress him in the WWE now, he's probably just part of it. Oh, pretty good foot. Great timing there. You got to admit it. Right. You you don't like anything that's going on in this match at all, dude. No,
0: you know what? I just realized. I just realized the referee is Slingblade. No, no, it's Scott Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Mustard and biscuits. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 tell, tell me that's not Slingblade. A- <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got any gas in him. Okay, whoa! A stone cold stunner. How about that? Is your finish? One, two, three. A little bit of shade there towards the WWF. Yep, probably gotta so. be. Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake doing a stone cold stunner and sling blade awards him the victory.
4: I think he looked great here. Look how, look, how, look at it. Look at his upper body. It's, his hair is, I like it. It's a good gimmick for him of the million gimmicks that we gave him. The booty. This man, was one of them. This was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> a, and it's time for our 1-800 collect replay time for the stone cold stunner. Oh my God!
0: What would that What would that finisher be called? With his name being the disciple, what would it be called? Uh, The disciple drop revelations, the (laughs) rip, the come to Jesus.
4: Oh my goodness!
0: Can you imagine if you're one eight hundred collect and you're like, wait a minute? We we wanted a replay sponsorship, and you gave us Brutus the fucking barber beefcake against Sick Boy. If I am one eight hundred collect, I am calling Eric the next day. Now,
4: well, if you are one eight hundred collect right now, you are uh, you are out of business.
0: So as WCW, <laughs> maybe maybe if WCW had put that replay in an Eddie Guerrero match, yeah, one uh, eight hundred collect would still be around. Uh, let me ask you something, Conrad. Do I look taller? then the other guys on the look how high your fucking chair is right here damn straight you know what's great about this i know underneath that desk your feet are dangling (laughs) 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 you're right but i'm higher than anybody else man look at that serious look you're not higher than zabisco he's (laughs) high as a kite i'll tell you (laughs) oh god So as a reminder, you see this Scott Hall signs all over the crowd. Scott Hall's doing his drunk gimmick here and he's been doing it for a few weeks at this point to the point where they're even trying to make the viewer believe they're, they're, um, breaking character because they're really concerned about Scott Hall's alcohol consumption. Right. What was your take on that? It felt a little out of place. It was out of place. I never thought that Scott Hall
4: I know he had alcohol problems. I mean, it's well-documented, right? But I never thought he came to the ring that way.
0: Well, he may have, but, um, there's certainly, you know, having him have Vincent bring drinks to the ring for him and him taking swigs off of it during the match, all kinds of silliness. As a reminder here, we're getting a flashback from road wild, which was, uh, two pay-per-views prior where buff Bagwell's in a neck brace and he's taking care of his buddy, big Papa pump. Who's got his arm in a sling. Uh, he's got a neck brace on and then JJ Dillon is saying, if Scott doesn't perform in the match, he is banned from wrestling. And of course, uh, it reveals that turns out Scott's just fine. And they're doing this to advance the feud with Rick and Scott Steiner, which is something I think a lot of people always imagined that we would get. And here we see a flashback from fall brawl. This match went to a no contest, uh, because, Buff Bagwell would position himself to be injured, and this is really kind of tasteless too, because if you recall earlier this year, I believe it was February on thunder um Rick Steiner doing a bulldog off the top rope, let go of Buff's head, Buff's head hit Rick's back, and Buff laid there lifeless for several minutes in a very real situation, and sure. they're trying to kind of turn that into an angle here as they load Buff into the back of an ambulance, yeah. Uh, again, it could
4: be tasteless and I do understand that, but you got to try to do something.
0: No, I agree. But yeah. a lot of people were really concerned about buff as sure. they well should have been yeah. in February. And now here they're just turning it into something. So we right. see them close the ambulance on Scott and buff Bagwell. And Rick is kind of distraught as he staggers away from the ambulance. And what do you know? Those bad guys, they were just fakers. They're right. putting the boots to Rick. Yeah.
4: Who would want to fake in pro wrestling? And now here comes Doug Dellinger out and his henchmen. And this is, I'm telling you, see, this is scary stuff right here because Scott Steiner, when he gets in the middle of an angle, he's just going, he's going, he's going to hit anybody. I, I wouldn't get involved in it at all. Can I say, say something here about Larry Abisco? Uh, please do. One
0: of the great color men of all time. Wouldn't you agree? I think he's very underrated. Uh, he comes off as very cool and cocky and arrogant, and, and it presents itself as a phenomenal television character. I actually greatly preferred him as a commentator, even over his wrestling days. Right.
4: And and he, he would talk about the holds and the psychology of wrestling. Yeah. He was actually a color commentator as far as the wrestling product was concerned, more than
0: just a gimmick. Does that make sense? No, I totally agree. He's yeah. not, and, and obviously all respect to Bobby, the brain, Heenan. Bobby Heenan was trying to get over their characters, right. storylines and such. And he did a phenomenal job at that. Yeah, uh, he, Bobby Heenan got over everybody he worked with. But as far as a, if you were calling wrestling like a real sport, you know, he, he was doing kind of what Tony Romo is doing with the NFL these days. Right. Exactly. So, and
4: unfortunately, Larry's stuff wouldn't play today because, oh my gosh. And the first nitro girl on the left right here is. It is whisper who now is Shawn Michael's wife, Shawn Michael's wife. I loved whisper. She was such Rebecca. Kersey was her name. She was such a, well, she was a freaking 10 number one, but she was such a nice lady. She really was. Uh, and, and very popular with everybody. Just very friendly, beautiful smile. And well, there's Kimberly. Do you think Kimberly cannot dance? You know, the all the nitro girls, none of the nitro girls I would, I was told, I think we brought this up before. None of them like Kimberly because they thought she couldn't dance,
0: but she think- looked
4: good. Didn't she?
0: I don't think it matters if you can dance. This is a business where the best, the guys who make the most in the wrestling business can't actually wrestle. Yeah. Can it? Yeah. Good point. So good point. Kind of is what it is. Now, this is going to be a fun match here. At All least right. I hope it will be. Yeah. Boy, so uh, because we've got big Papa pump. Who's going to be headed to the ring with his second in command. Yeah. Mr. Buff Bagwell. Mm-hmm. We've talked about buff a lot on this show and buffs strutting out with some airbrushed, everything airbrushed air.
2: Shoot. Scott Steiner
0: is as big as a house. My God. Look at the veins in his arms. Yeah. They're not going to, uh, he has uh, himself. He, he looks like <laughs> Colonel Sanders on his own deck right now. <laughs>
4: I, I saw the same thing.
0: I don't know <laughs> I, right now. I feel like we need to just have Dave Silva Photoshop. Oh, there's the b- top of buff's hat. It's yeah. airbrushed. But with him looking like he has Colonel Sanders on his own crotch. Yeah. It makes me think of the new commercials. Finger licking. <laughs> and i don't know why but we need to have dave silva uh photoshop finger licking over the top of that tony i see this top hat and i've got lots of fun ideas the oh top boy. hat that buff wore to the ring and he's got his his own face spray painted or, or airbrushed on top i think if we ever do a live show we need to have you do the buff dance on the stage okay except when you take it off and show everybody the top of the hat and what's airbrushed it won't be your face it'll be tom zink's face your thoughts Go for it. If it sells fucking money, what the hell?
4: I'm a whore. Hey, so can I say something about the Buff and uh, Scott Steiner angle here? Please do, yeah. Okay. I had legitimate heat with Buff Bagwell. Really? During this time. Uh, And Buff confronted me with this. I called on a Nitro or maybe a pay-per-view. Maybe it was Road Wild. I'm not sure. I called Buff Bagwell, Scott Steiner's lackey. Lackey. Doesn't it look like he's being his lackey to you? Well, certainly. Okay. I mean, and Buff took exception to that. And he, he confronted me. We were on an airplane. He said, Lackey? That's how he started the conversation. I walk in the airplane. He's sitting in first class. He goes, Lackey? I went, What? He said, You're calling me He's lackey? I said, Isn't that what the angle's about? Isn't yeah, that what you're doing? Certainly. He said, Yeah, but I'm nobody's lackey. I said, Sorry. And I just kept walking. And got to my seat on the plane. And we kind of had a little bit of friction after that. He was not as cool to me, which blew me away. Conrad, come on. It's, that's the angle. Yeah. It's the angle. And it, this is all the work
0: and by the way, buff's doing a great job at it. Yes. He was good at it. So here's what I found interesting about this. Scott's going to be taking on two oh. on one here. And this is a throwback for a lot of you who may have missed this, but on the outside, of course, Lenny lane, what's your favorite Lenny lane match, Tony? Wow.
4: Uh, I I can't remember Lenny Lane. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Well, this guy in the ring right now. Yeah. I can't remember him either. (laughs) What's his name? Nick Dinsmore, who would go on to be the WWF's Eugene. WWE did a a character. I don't know, maybe five or six years after this. Eugene? Called Eugene. And and he portrayed um, a special needs character who was the nephew of Eric Bischoff. Uh, But a lot of people, myself included, May have seen this match and not realized, hey, that's Eugene. Wow. So, Eugene. There's there's a little bit of trivia wow. for you. I it, take it you were out of wrestling and had no idea that there was a special needs character. No, I, I was. Once wrestling stopped, I was done. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it, so I didn't realize
4: a special needs character. That had to go over like a turd in a punch bowl.
0: Uh, special needs. They took a little bit of heat. They tried to play it off. And yeah. It got over for a little while. Did it? I mean, to what degree is debatable, I'm sure. Can I ask a a, a very important
4: question? Yes. In our universe? Did Court Bauer book that shit? No. Okay. Just making sure. No. Okay. Because if so, I wanted to blame him for it.
0: So this Buff hat is really like the primary focus of the entire thing. What do you reckon Buff paid for that hat? Wow. He paid $1,000 for that hat. There's no chance. Really? If that's $1,000, I'm getting in the hat painting business. (laughs) Okay the problem the the reason i say a thousand dollars is those guys would shell
4: out money for anything it didn't matter they were they were bleeding money they were pissing money away hey this hat's gonna cost you 1500 dollars. okay let's go look at look at this
0: unlike you i mean you're still wearing a double-breasted blazer you had from
4: 1987 (laughs) that's because i'm not making the money these guys are and i've got five kids
0: I'm not mad at it. Whoa! Man. So he just did the crotch chop and went finger licking. <laughs> I like in my head when Scott does the crotch chop finger licking. I mean, he's pointing that's, at Colonel Sanders. That's going to have to be a t-shirt. Finger licking. Finger licking. <laughs> so, so, uh, so far, total domination by Big Papa Pump. Let's yeah. have you call the finish here. Okay. Pretty interesting move. It's a Steiner double
4: recliner. Look at this. Look at Lenny Lane says yes. And Eugene says money later. Oh, and now Scott
0: Steiner is going to sell his back gear. Let's let's talk about what Buff is wearing here. Is Buff Bagwell the only person in history to buy white overalls who wasn't a painter? <laughs> Maybe so. Like who else wear uh, oompa loompas? Yes. Painters <laughs> right. and, Buff and Buff Bagwell. That's all that w- ever wore white overalls. <laughs> It was a hell of a gimmick. Why did WCW never have an Oompa Loompa gimmick? Right. Because uh, we never booked any midgets. No, but here's what I'm saying. We've been talking for months now about the goddamn candy man. <laughs> that would have been so awesome. Well, you the know, god, goddamn candy man had <laughs> well, Oompa Loompas.
4: Here's Danny Young, our trainer, which I don't. Wait, use. wait, that's
0: Danny Young. <laughs> uh, I, you know, we tried to book a hunchback i heard about this okay. so smart everybody up okay. who maybe hasn't heard this yeah. story
4: well jim Hurd said i want to get a hunchback i said really <laughs> yes and he's got that goddamn hump on his back so he never can pin his shoulders and i'm thinking this guy is fucking and he you know what he told me that in the meeting that we had at the grand hyatt and i didn't run out of the fucking room i should have run out of the room right then i should have turned and said fuck this shit I'm going to go to some deli here and eat a tuna wedge. Tuna wedge.
0: We're back on Nitro here. I assume okay, these sorry. fireworks mean it's
4: the next hour, right? Yes, it does mean it's the next hour. It means we're going to get Bobby the Brain Heenan coming in, So, which is always kind of exciting because Bobby really brought a lot to the show. So Bobby's going to be replacing the professor? Is that right? Uh, no, he's going to be replacing Zabisco, I believe. Okay. I believe uh, Professor had entrenched himself into being a, a full part of, part of Nitro. So now we go from that dissolve great shot here. Huh? Of fucking nothing.
0: Well, of we've got fucking
4: the, nothing. We've, I mean, this is dark. It's nothing.
0: Well, but you know, what's coming. We've got the sound off, but I'm sure there's some silly music playing yeah. and, and you have an idea who's coming out, right? Yeah, sure. So when did you know that this was going to be a failure from the word go? Uh, like as soon as they said, we're bringing him. Yeah. Because he got a huge rating the first time. So when the rating comes out and you see it's a big rating, did you second guess your original inclination that this would be a failure? Did you think, well, maybe I was wrong or did did you know this had a few weeks shelf life? No, I, I knew it. I knew it had some shelf
4: life, but I knew this. And we brought this up before to be able to be successful with the warrior. You had to have somebody that knew how to book him. Right. And we didn't. And when you're saying booking, you mean right for him, or do right you mean the him. matches? Right for him, the you know again, WrestleMania six, with he and Hogan was a tremendous match because Pat Patterson set it out, set it up. We didn't have a Pat Patterson, right? So I knew it was going to be a flop. I w- I was hoping it wouldn't because I wanted to do business with it, but I knew it would be a flop because we let guys, WCW, let guys do a lot of freestyling much more than they did in the wwe
0: yeah there's a there's a theory that this lighting treatment with uh the strobes and all Mm -hmm. this and the house lights being down is to not show or highlight rather that he's not over that the crowd had already started to fizzle a little bit and so they're doing these wide dark shots with the lights to kind of camouflage the fact that the crowd is not into it. Yeah. Well, that sounds right to me. And it also kind of camouflaged that he's not as big as he used to be. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people have wondered, why is he wearing the duster? Um, Meltzer reported that he was not able to work here, which is what, I don't know what you're thinking. He was never able to work, but he was not able to work here because he had a torn bicep and a back injury, but the torn bicep meant that that arm in particular was looking kind of shrunken. Sure. Um, and he was conscious of this. So he wanted to wear the duster. And and frankly, if your gimmick was your body and your position to come out right after Scott Steiner, that's a smart deal to wear a jacket.
4: Yeah, you're exactly right. You are exactly right. And it, it's, it would be odd why we positioned him after Scott Steiner, but we're talking the top of our two here, right?
0: yeah looks okay. like it yeah.
4: yeah so top of hour two now we want the ratings points and we bring out the warrior and he comes in and he does his stuff which is again allowing him the freestyle and you look i was i saw many ultimate warrior pre-tapes in the back when i was doing wwe and he was produced and he redid a lot of his interviews until they got it right and as they were going to wrestlemania six VI, vince would go back and produce him Right now, there's no producing going on here. So this is what you get.
0: Yeah. And these, these promos are kind of long and rambling and uh, not the best work of, of his career. And the fans are kind of lost in it and the, the lights are still down and they're trying to go heavy on effects, you know, smoke pyro, a fan tries to jump in the ring and Dillinger gets him. Yeah this was pretty common during this time fans trying to jump in the ring wasn't it not? yeah because it was a big show
4: and they wanted to be part of the show be part of the action and now what also we're, we're look he's 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 blowed up from doing a promo he's he's wheezing and panning just from doing the promo here's another thing I I just it just hit me you know we were talking earlier about uh the surreal feeling of Bret Hart if we wanted Bret Hart to be such a big star back then, why didn't we put him in the Ring Dewey's promo? Why did we put Hogan in the ring, Warrior in the ring, but Bret Hart came down to the base
0: of the set to talk to Gene? Right? Yeah. I, I mean Do you think there's some theory to that that um
4: Um That Hogan didn't want him at the base of the uh that didn't want him to outshine him
0: his angle with uh, Warrior? There could be. So but you think being in the ring makes a significant difference yeah really absolutely i do that's a little old school
4: yeah i mean look it's the center point of your entire show and you put a person in the ring the, the wwe does that right now right Any anything any angle the big angle they had they do it in the ring they don't do it over the at the entrance way they do some things
0: Let's talk about ratings at the time because ratings are, are setting records here for both the WWF and WCW. And very recently, the second most watched pro wrestling match in cable history happened. It drew a 6.77 rating over 5 million people watched it. The only thing that beat it was Hulk Hogan and Bill Goldberg doing the title switch from the Georgia dome on July 6th. Do you want to guess uh, who was in that match? I have no idea who was in the match. Lodi and Saturn against High Voltage. What the? F- no. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, what does that tell you about ratings?
0: The thing worth the shit. You damn straight. Like that, that. that is not really the metric that you should run your whole business on. If High Voltage versus Lodi and Saturn is second only to Goldberg Hogan. Wow. Lots of front office stuff going on in the, in the company here. We should mention as well. Okay. Uh, Nick Lambros, whose official title was vice president of business affairs, left the company basically after losing a power play to Bischoff. And since Lambo's Lambros had a contract with Turner, he was just moved to another position. Uh, it was the executive position for Turner's attempted new football league venture. Now, of course that never shook out. Uh, but we might have seen an XFL before the XFL had it actually done that. Do you remember what, if any, Nick Lambrose being moved? What effect that had on the company? No, I I'm gonna, I am going don't remember Nick Lambrose. Well, there you go. Terry Taylor was recently told to stay home. Mm, I remember that, that. That happened towards the end of August, and, mm-hmm. and he had some sort of uh, heat with a television producer named Annette Yoder. Do I have that name right? Mm. What happened there? What happened with Terry and Annette? Uh, I don't know exactly what happened with Terry and Annette, but I do know that Annette Yoder
4: had a lot of power at that time, an extreme amount of power. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. And you know, the uh, in Bobby Heenan's book, the girl yeah. they talked about, yeah. Grey Poupon, mm-hmm. that's her. Okay. Yeah.
0: Grey uh, Poupon is Annette Yoder. Yes.
4: Okay. Because uh, that's what Heenan always called her. Uh, cool. uh, Annette started out as a makeup girl and now all of a sudden she had tremendous amount of power. Tremendous amount of power. Annette Yother is the girl that walked f- out of the curtain to the set that told me to bury Mcfoley.
0: She told you to bury Mcfoley?
4: Well, that led to butts in the seats. She came out she had her, I, I never forget her walking out. She had her, she always had this big folder of, of shit. Maybe make her look important. And she said, Eric wanted me to tell you that they have just, they're putting the, they put the belt on cactus Jack and for you to really shit on it. And I leaned over, I said, did he really tell you that? She said, yes. All right. All right. We're going to do it. So. That's the story. Eric didn't in my ear tell me himself to say butts and seats. He did not come out to tell me. He sent Annette out to tell me. At least I think he did. Hell, shit, she could have been she could have been freestyling on her fucking own, and she told me to really make it sound like a shitty thing. And I came up with butts in the seats. But there you go. There's there's a story about the actual story behind that.
0: Well, we just saw Buff Bagwell come out and do a promo with Mean and Gene where they're saying that now Scott Steiner has to go to the hospital. And of course, everybody is uh suspect of that claim, seeing what happened uh, with Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell in the ambulance when they used it to really just ambush mm. uh, Rick Steiner. So now we've got the cat and the cat is going to be taking on psychosis here. I got to tell you. I love both of these guys. I found the cat to be entertaining. I'm not going to say his friend ring work was great, but he had a presence as a character that he could cut a promo. I mean, he stands out. You might not say that he's the world's best wrestler. I wouldn't disagree with that, but, uh, the dude was entertaining for yes. what he was,
4: and that's what you look at,
0: kicking out a fan. That's that's fun <laughs> yes. for what it is.
4: Absolutely kicking, it out. get the fuck out of here! And
0: get here's here. the other thing I I think I liked most about Ernest. You could tell he's having fun. Well, of course he is. So if he's having fun, I'm inclined to think it's pretty fun myself. Well, here's one thing that I
4: can tell you about Ernest Miller that all all we, we all knew, he was really appreciative of what he was into. In other words, he was appreciative that he was making money and on TV and able to do a promo. He, he, he didn't let his ego take him away. Does that make sense? He didn't take
0: it too seriously. He was a good guy.
4: Good guy. He, he knew that, man, I'm making money. I'm having a great time. And it it came across. And of course it, it does come across now. he's (laughs) See, now I'm thinking he's, (laughs) he turns and talks to the fan. I'm thinking he's going to call him some, he's going to call him some sort of Mexican racist name here or something, but he
0: didn't. He stayed away from it. Well, I'm sure you probably would. No, I would not have. Psychosis is one of my favorite luchadors. I know you don't like luchadors. Why don't you like psychosis? That top rope leg drop was something else. I liked some of their. I liked their moves for what they were, Conrad. I just didn't like them in in the
4: course of a match. Again, I'm old school.
0: He looks like a Power Ranger villain.
4: Look, I look. I'm old school. I would as soon see. Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair, 90 minutes in a cage, time limit draw, or as we said, Broadway,
0: then I would a luchador match.
4: Is there something wrong with that?
0: No. Okay. I didn't think so. Let me ask you this. This is, of course, uh, 1998. Around this time, you know, between 97, 98, you would see lots of celebrity involvement in WCW, sure. in, including um, Malone, Rodman, right. lots of athletes. Right. Well, there was talk. In the shows leading to this, that McGuire, who's really setting baseball on fire, baseball uh-huh. had been in a real lull, but back in 98, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, just trading home runs left and right, really brought a lot of renewed interest into baseball. There was talk, according to the observer that WCW trying to get McGuire to work a pay-per-view match. Right. Well, he didn't, he and Goldberg do a promo together. They did, and it aired uh, just a few weeks prior to this, I believe, right. where he went and visited him at a Marlins game. Right. Um. But do you think there was ever uh, going to be an opportunity for like a Goldberg and Maguire against Hogan and somebody yeah. else? Yeah,
4: there was, but Maguire squashed it. Sure, he did. He came to his senses.
0: Well, because at that point McGuire was one of the, the top athletes. Yeah,
4: you know, in the world. Yeah, I don't see why they didn't at least have him walk out to the ring. Yeah. That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. But I've, a couple of things, McGuire needed a lot of money to do that. And number two, he, he didn't trust that his career would be the same afterwards.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could see how you would think that Oof. this could negatively affect you, but let me just freestyle. How fun would it have been to have Goldberg? Let's call it, let's call it Starcade. Okay. And we're going to do a rematch at Starcade. Mm-hmm. Oh, psychosis going up top. Give us the call here. Okay.
4: Oh, off
0: the top flying body press. Ernest Miller is down.
4: Psychosis selling his ribs, turning up to his knees. Now, Psycho- see, Psychosis doing a pretty good job of selling that shit. That's not bad. Starcade, Sell something, motherfucker.
0: StarCade 98 could have been just freestyling, of course. Okay. Um, Goldberg with the world title. Ooh. This dropped In his corner, Mark McGuire. Yeah. And on the opposite corner, the rematch from the biggest match WCW had had that year, Hulk Hogan challenging for the world title. And in his corner, Pete Rose. Awesome. Wouldn't that have been great? That would have been awesome. That would have been so good. You know, you've got the dirty cheaters that yeah. everybody knows about. Exactly. And at this point, Pete Rose is doing what he can to make a buck. For sure. Not, not disparaging him, but he's already doing stuff with W with the WWF. Why not go ahead and get him over? Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you and I hop the plane, go to Stanford and talk to Stephanie? <laughs> well, I don't well,
4: think we could book some shit, man. That would have been good though. We could have, we could book some
0: shit. Imagine the mainstream publicity would have gotten from oh. Mark McGuire on one side and Pete Rose yeah. on the other. You know, we had a lot of celebrities in the audience that we never did. Uh, hey, that's some manpower who, right there from Ernest you, Miller. To just catch kidding.
4: him. You're not kidding. It is. We, Donnie Osmond came to one of our events. Did you know that?
0: And and it was never shown on TV. Never shown on TV. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, Dennis Miller came to one of our
0: events. Dennis Miller is a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. I was at a, I was hanging with Rick at WrestleMania in Dallas a few years ago, and he had an appearance right across the street from a stadium at like a, um, a a wing restaurant or a seafood restaurant. And Dennis Miller just wandered over in the line. My goodness. To meet Rick Flair. Wow. Of course they met before, but sure. he's a wrestling fan and his son's a wrestling fan. And I just thought that was so cool that, you know, a former cast member of Saturday night live back just, when it was great back when it was Saturday night live. Exactly. Just wandered over it. Look, cause he loved wrestling. Here we go. Psychosis. Okay. Give us the call. A long way for the, Oh, trying for the, what do you
4: call that? That's why we had Taney. It was a top rope leg drop. Okay. I know what it is, but what do you fucking call it?
0: Well, Bobby Heenan would have called it like a flying quesadilla. (laughs) Okay. And there's a spin wheel kick. One, two, three.
4: When Ernest Miller was wrestling, Eric Bischoff told me, he said, you need to learn these karate moves. You need to learn back leg, front kick, spin wheel, kick side kick. He said, you need to look at them and learn them. So
0: I tried to learn. them. Isn't it interesting that Bischoff wanted you to learn Ernest Miller's moves, but mm-hmm. didn't care if you learned psychosis <laughs> says a lot, doesn't it? Well, cause I'll tell you what, I really do feel like psychosis was criminally underrated in WCW. I know we said it about super Calo earlier, but yeah. if psychosis was in the WWF, man, there wouldn't have been a talk of He would have been the light <laughs> heavyweight champion. Well, okay. To
4: make these guys more over than that, you needed to have, you needed to do, do some character development. On these guys you did we, and we, we had no character development on
0: any of the luchadors
4: except maybe ray mysterio jr and uh
0: Conan. oh here we go i'm gonna need some help here okay go ahead tell us what's going on tony okay right now he's supposed to say something to gene he is alex
4: right he's supposed to say something to gene and now all of a sudden he, he's going to realize he needs to say something to gene i think he's going. gonna oh say- by the way oh by the way gene i should have said this when you left when you were standing there now i'm saying it because i'm a dumb fuck
0: maybe he should paint himself up and crawl to the ring yeah as, as a demon <laughs> i mean tell me when he comes out here in his tights and a leather jacket it doesn't cross your mind that that's finn Balor. <laughs> it's finn Balor. i mean he's european that's right. he's a foot taller than finn Balor, but you know what i mean exactly and actually and finn
4: Balor's a good worker he's he's much better looking than finn Balor, don't you think
0: well, I don't have a comment on that, but Finn Balor is one of the best wrestlers in the world. There's no question. And I don't think anybody ever said that about Alex, Wright. Yeah. No. I mean, maybe Jim Barnett did. Yeah.
4: But, but he look, he was a handsome guy. Look at, look at the dimples on each side.
0: This is getting weird now.
4: No, I'm just, I'm you know, calling it the way I see it. I'm it's, it's not a, it's not well, a, your
0: shorts are moving. <laughs> I, mean, I know everybody can't see you in real life. But. Listen,
4: my shorts never move. even when i am top rope aroused my shorts never move. i was not ready for that (laughs) okay i was not ready all right but he was a very handsome man but he was fucking clueless you know i've started to watch the the new stuff really
0: yeah yeah that makes one of us Well, there's a couple of guys who are friends, right? Oh, absolutely. Huge shout out to Dolph Ziggler. He actually was sporting our Damn I Am Good shirt, which is available now at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WHW, inspired by the great Ole Anderson back in the mid-80s. And uh, Dolph was actually rocking it on WWE.com for us. So shout out to Dolph for that. Shout out to Dolph. Shout
4: out to his buddy, Zach Ryder, who is uh, rocking some of our shirts. Both great guys like watching their performances, like the stuff they do. Uh, so i've got a vested interest there and of course arne anderson in the background you know when i see a great match i'm thinking you know Arn's probably uh putting he's pulling together. the strings back yeah, there exactly. absolutely yeah so uh, what the fuck we got here
0: this is chavo Guerrero jr on a fucking riding horse? On a horse he's riding a hobby horse to the ring His A hobby horse pepe uh if you're not familiar with what that is it is a stuffed horse head yeah. on a broomstick mm-hmm. uh and chavo is getting it over here and as a reminder, this is in response to some silliness otherwise in wrestling, where you would see, like Al Snow talking to a styrofoam head, yeah,
4: and, and things like that. Okay, is that what this was in response to that?
0: Well, it felt that way to me as a wow. wrestling fan, and that we're trying to get over inanimate objects. Gee, who would not named Larry Zbyszko? Who would ask? <laughs> Cigar story, Indian, right? Who would ask uh, Chavo? Oh, good God! Now. You're going to bag on Disco Inferno here, but I dug the Disco Inferno gimmick.
4: Yeah. Look, I did too. When the Disco Inferno first ever made an appearance at center stage, it was like a dark match. And the fans reacted to it. They absolutely reacted to it. They brought him out with some disco type music. I think they brought him out with the original BG Staying Alive music because it was a dark match and everybody responded to it. I just say that because I love to give Glenn shit. I do. He likes the. You know, he's into the business. He's got his podcast with Conan.
0: Keep it at 100. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Right. Uh, Conan and Disco are cool, and they make listening cool. So check it out if you haven't already. I'd love to give him shit, though. I always did like Glenn.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Sean Mooney in the MLW Event Center, and there is a lot happening in the MLW universe this week. So let's get to it. We're just around the corner from MLW One Shot on Thursday, October 5th at Guilt Nightclub in Orlando. See Ricochet versus Shane Strickland, MVP versus Sammy Callahan, UFC's filthy Tom Lawler versus Olympian Jeff Cobb, Santana versus Mia Yim, and the return to the broadcast booth of our very own Tony Schiavone as he calls the action from MLW TV. Get your tickets at MLW.com right now. Meanwhile, over on the MLW Radio Network, Be sure to catch Primetime with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and me, Sean Mooney. This week, it's all about the rise and fall of the WCW, and you'll hear it all, the good, the bad, and the insane, from the man who saw it happen, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. From Cesaro's teeth to WCW mini-movies, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling covers all things busted this Thursday. Swing by if you're looking to laugh. Out now on What Happened When... Conrad takes Tony Schiavone down memory lane as they go in-depth on his time in the WWF. Each and every Tuesday join MSL and Rich Bokini on the MLW radio flagship show as they look at the latest news from WWE, Impact, Japan, and much more. This week on Lucha Talk, the trio have a special episode after the tragic Mexican earthquakes. With no lucha on tap at Arena Mexico and AAA at the Hard Rock, the guys have on Lucha Libre experts who live in Mexico for CMLL's Anniversario and more. And don't forget, Thursday night, October 5th, it's the return of Major League Wrestling with a stacked show. Get your tickets now starting at just $15 at MLW.com. Folks, this event will sell out. Go to MLW.com right now and get your tickets to one of the most anticipated shows this fall. Now it's time to get back to your MLW Radio podcast. Saturday
3: night, October 7th, Bruce Pritchard is going to be in Detroit Rock City, and he's bringing his Dirty Dozen. He wants you to be a part of this exclusive experience where you get to hang out with Bruce. You get exclusive Dirty Dozen merch. And you get to ask all the questions you want, take all the pictures you want. Shoot, he'll even record a voicemail for you, record a video promo for you. Whatever you want, it's your time with the man, Bruce Pritchard. If you don't know what to do, all you have to do is jump onto paypal.me forward slash Pritchard show and drop $100 $100 gets you this exclusive experience this isn't a meet and greet this isn't a shake hand take a picture this is an actual hangout with Bruce Pritchard and if you don't believe me why don't you trust this guy hey before dirty dozen i was too shy to sleep with any women but i got to sit down next to bruce and he told me and he gave me confidence what to do and now i'll sleep with all types of random women thanks bruce pritchard thanks random guy now all you have to do once again is jump on to paypal.me forward slash pritchard show drop that one hundred dollars and you Yes, you will be a part of Richard's Dirty Dozen and you will have a night that you will never forget.
4: Check that beak out, man. We talk about Ric Flair. Take a look at that nose.
0: Chavo Guerrero, one of the more underrated performers in, in the business, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Love Chavo. Do you think that he was... Um, he he looked, had, Does he look angry there to you? If Chavo had a different last name, would he have... Done better in the business, you think?
4: Yeah. I think there's a I think that's a valid statement. There's a possibility that could have happened.
0: I guess I should clarify. Obviously the Guerrero family is is quite the wrestling heritage and one of the most prolific families in wrestling history. But I feel like he's done a disservice because whether you mean to or not, you almost always wind up comparing him with Eddie Guerrero, who was
4: incomparable. Exactly.
0: I mean Eddie Guerrero's a -a once-in-a-lifetime performer, and so I mean, he's kind of in an unwinnable position here, no matter how good he is. He's probably never going to be as good as Eddie Guerrero.
4: I agree. You're exactly right on all counts. And as we're seeing right here, he's tremendous. He's got great timing. He's got great. Look, he can sell. He's got great facial reactions. He, He just, he's good. The kid, the kid can perform and he's still performing.
0: You know, and one of the things that Disco did really well is Disco knew how to make the little things count. Right. And with every move, I mean, even with this horse, he picks it up and looks at it and then looks to the crowd and then looks back at it. Mm -hmm. He's trying to milk it. That's some old school Southern wrestling in him. Yep. And also we need to make a
4: point here that. That Mark Curtis is the referee here. And Mark right now is, is, is not doing well. I believe this was around the time where we all knew that he was getting sick and talking about the guys who have a great sense of timing and know what to do. See how good he is. He just, I just, uh, he was one of the great referees ever. He really was. I th- he was in the league with
0: Tommy young. Thank you very much,
4: <laughs> man. I go, I'm, you gotta be quicker with that. Legion that shit.
0: Well, I thought you were going to say Charles Robinson. Okay.
4: Well, Charles Robinson is another good one, but to me, Tommy young was always the
0: best. It's amazing. The batch of referees you guys had here, you know, I mean, Mark Curtis is tremendous. Nick Patrick was very underrated, a very good referee. You know, of course, Charles Robinson's here. There's just lots of really, really good referees in the company. Right. Just so you can just see how
4: thin Mark is here. Right. But anyway, back to the match, uh, two good performers, both can sell very well. Uh, both love the business and both are good at calling spots without being seen. Ooh. I call that a head takedown. Is there any move uh, name for that move?
0: Listen, I'm sure there is. We're going to, you're going to have to ask rich at that MLW show. this okay. weekend, Yeah. Rich, rich
4: knows all these moves, doesn't he?
0: Rich knows it all. He's going to do the heavy lifting and yeah. he's going to yell slap deck every now and again. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to, and then at the end of the show, I'm going to say we're out of time. We don't
4: have tape machines, Yeah, but something's rolling and we'll see you later. That's all I'm going to do.
0: And then, and then court, can I get my check? Exactly. <laughs> And
4: I'll get to see Nelson Swaggler too, which is, is going to be pretty exciting. I mentioned Nelson last week.
0: Yeah. It was funny. I was watching, uh, some primetime this week, Ooh. uh, preparing for my Bobby Heenan episode with Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. And there was a fun skit where they were at, uh, Nelson's house.
4: Oh my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, now look, look how far disco has got to go. The I, he didn't put him in the right place in the match in, in the, in the ring here. Ooh, he made it. He made it. This was quite the
0: athlete here. Very underrated. And a two count. So let's talk about somebody who's not here. Chris Benoit has been out and he's been injured. Um, and he's still probably a month away from returning, but WCW, uh, a few weeks prior to this made him fly into the show and then wound up not using him. And Meltzer wrote that he was extremely unhappy. Yeah. Do you recall, um, Chris expressing, frustration with creative prior to the end of course we all know he winds up leaving when kevin sullivan regains power uh, in early 2000 but here in 98 do you know that he was already really frustrated with creative
4: yeah he was he was upset about uh, about how he was used and uh, very upset with creative and and i remember when he was flown in and i remember how upset he was that day He it was it's hard to talk about chris conrad uh oh how about that? He's using the gimmick right in the side of the face. Well, let's talk about something funnier One, then. How's two. That? Three. Very good. Nicely done, guys. And who the fuck is this? Oh a- an unmasked Hubentude. Hubentud Guerrera. He's going to stooge him off. And now, as to gets involved, we well, can do some stuff too, man. And the fans are buying this stuff. You see, they're kind of into it. How could you not be into Hoovie? Well, I'm talking about just fans love a run in. Right? They love a run-in. And I'm hoping this is going to lead to some sort of angle, but probably
0: not. I'm wondering what's going to happen to Pepe. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what fans really care about. Okay. I think right now we should have a hoop Are and you two- ready for this? Okay. Check this out.
4: Oh. Oh. Nicely done. And actually, i got to give Craig Leathers uh, props here. He switched to another camera
0: at the perfect time. Disco Inferno nailed a dropkick yeah. on Hoove One of the better looking dropkicks we'll probably see. Yeah. So we're off to commercial here and we're coming back to a really tremendous uh, piece celebrating the history of the four horsemen all the way back to 85, the original Ole Anderson version and everything in between, uh, including Jeff Jarrett. So, Lots of uh, fun angles here. Them attacking Dusty in the parking lot. You know the the career highlights of Ric Flair, of course, and all of his world title wins. Malenko beating up Ultimo Dragon. Mongo taking out guys' knees. I mean, they're really, really selling the history and the legacy of the Four Horsemen, and really highlighting who the current guys are. Recapping Ric Flair's return to WCW just two weeks prior in Greenville. And, uh, what a night that was September 14th, 1998. I'm sure we'll cover that, uh, at some point in long form, but the really fun thing about that show was the promo that Rick did with Eric Bischoff, the fire me, I'm already fired business. And now that sets up naturally a Rick flair, Eric Bischoff feud. And that's probably what we're going to see more of here. Uh, even though we're in Rochester, It's still horseman country everywhere was, was it not? It was horsemen were over. Uh, this was, this was a
4: great moment. Gene Oakland did a great job of, of doing the intro and selling it. And, and again, if you're a star Conrad, you come to the ring to do your promo. And that's what they should have had Bret hard to. This is quite an entrance and you're right. Uh, go back to that video piece. I'm not so sure who did the video piece, but I have a feeling that it was Kemper Rogers as an editor. Uh, and Neil Pruitt as a producer, uh, Keith Mitchell could have been involved in that as well, but that was well done. And, and here's a here's another thing too. This is this is back when we were kind of doing our own stuff, and Turner Home Entertainment was not involved in it. I got a, a question on on Twitter recently. Who was the voiceover guy for all the pay per views? Was it somebody that you hired? No, it was it was some jackoff that Turner Home Entertainment hired that made it didn't make it seem authentic. Uh, so we were doing our own stuff there. It was a great video and this is a great return. Great setup here.
0: So you've got all the horsemen coming out here, including, uh, Anderson. Of course, uh, the horsemen at this point are Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Steve Mongo, McMichael, and the nature boy, Rick flair. And the, the angle here, of course, is flair versus Bischoff. And if you recall, the prior Thursday Thunder uh edition, we saw um Stevie Ray get involved with Ric Flair in the Four Horsemen. And he was um well, the subject of what we're about to see, I would imagine if memory serves, this is where they try to press charges they on try- Rick Flair. Yeah, they
4: try to press charges on Flair. Stevie Ray, uh here he comes. And Doug Dillinger comes out as well. And they're going to try to press charges and they're going to try to get him thrown out of the building, basically.
0: So you've got uh, Doug Dillinger, the head of WCW security. And they've done a, a pretty cool angle leading up to this um, where, you know, it's Bischoff versus Flair. And Doug Dillinger is kind of caught in the middle. Right. Uh, because he is a longtime friend of Flair and another resident of Charlotte, longtime resident of Charlotte. And now they've got all the local police here in Rochester here to press charges on, uh, Ric Flair for felonious assault. Felonious are the, assault. Are, are these the most generic cop
4: uniforms of all time? <laughs> it really, they really are. And they all come in, you know, grabbing their, grabbing their piece. See them hanging onto their piece.
0: So to speak. I don't think it's the same way Klondike bill hung on. To his. No,
4: he did not. He hung on with his piece with two hands uh good for him
0: yeah so what do you think of this flair bischoff feud i didn't think it would ever go anywhere would it well i know that the two week i mean it went somewhere they wrestled at starcade that year but the uh the return Meltzer wrote the reason Ric Flair's return to world championship wrestling on nitro and Greenville exceeded everyone's imagination is because there was nothing ever in wrestling to compare it with. If there was ever any one moment that firmly established who the greatest performer of modern time, if not all time was if not the initial huge pop, but the deafening roar that wouldn't stop. Flair had a moment reserved for few athletes in history. None of whom are wrestlers, not even Enoki or El Santo, the modern equivalent of the day when a dying Lou Gehring came to the Yankee stadium and talked about being the luckiest man alive. Holy shit. I mean, quite a a, a response from Dave Meltzer about Ric Flair's return. And here we're seeing a continuation of the angle where they're trying to press charges Flair's out of there. And, uh, they're trying to, um, Build towards a pay-per-view, which never really made any sense Right, that you would use one of the greatest of all time in an in-ring match against Eric Bischoff at your biggest pay-per-view. And
4: I understand that, but you you and I are watching this and hopefully we got all of our listeners watching this as well. Bischoff
0: is a pretty damn good heel. Oh, he's one of the best heels, but it feels like, you know, Flair should have had a match with someone and and Bischoff been the second on the outside. Right, right, right.
4: They should have set it up. I don't know if they set it up this way or not. They should have had a six-man tag with Bischoff on one end and Flair on the other. And every time Flair tagged in, Bischoff ran. Something like that.
0: Set it up right. So As opposed to, I know you're the greatest wrestler ever, but look at my karate kicks. Exactly. Exactly. We should mention around this same time, the movie Wrestling with Shadows was about to be released. Do you recall Wrestling with Shadows? Wrestling with Shadows? It's the Bret Hart movie when he got screwed in the yes. WWF. Did you yeah. watch that? Yes, I did. What did you, what'd you I, think of
4: that? I thought it was uh, it was pretty pretty good movie, but I watched it, you know,
0: not at this time. I watched it after I was out of the business. We should mention the same night that Flair came back in Greenville. That episode of Nitro was probably one of the best in a long, long time. You had Bill Goldberg versus Sting in the main event for the very first time. And you also had Billy Kidman. Win the cruiserweight title beating Hoven to Guerrera, and that really kind of cemented Kidman as a star, and he would get quite a push for a while here. So Kidman's actually getting bigger reactions on house shows and television tapings, believe it or not, than Bret Hart and the Ultimate Warrior because of the way he had been presented on television uh, with with his matches and such. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Billy Kidman later in the show. Plus he's banging Tory, so good for him. So he's a hell of a closer. Ooh, How would you a, describe uh Stevie Ray's gear here?
4: Uh it looks like uh kind of like a little what Buff Bagwell had
0: before he painted it. Here's the best part of the show. Chris Jericho <laughs> with his Jerichoholic Ninja and his jericho personal security mm-hmm. and he's got a uh the cruiserweight title i'm sorry the television title around his waist yep and he's got a shirt that says jericho one goldberg zero and to catch you up jericho's been calling goldberg out since july uh of course here we're in september and the match still has not happened the way jericho has been campaigning and thought that it would because the idea was, Hey, let's let him build towards a pay-per-view that actually, or a pay-per-view match or a nitro main event that means something. Uh, of course we know that never really happened and it was just a monumental waste of time. And that led to some real life issues with Jericho and Goldberg. This is a
4: pretty good entrance. This is, this is well done uh, with the steady cam and everything. Uh, this is what they call now in, in television, the West wing entrance. You know that. the west wing walk and talk uh and and look at ralphus looks like he had
0: surgery on his gut doesn't it look at that big is that look at that all right i'm not gonna look anymore he's just fat so let's run through this uh ralphus was a truck driver he drove the ring truck is that right he drove one of the trucks he had a lot of trucks but yes he drove the ring truck and kenny powers on the left uh what did he do (laughs) for y'all i this this had
4: to be you know, as as these guys are walking in, I'm thinking that these have to be just more drivers, okay? But we're ready to see them take some bumps, and I I just wonder who the fuck these guys were. I mean, Raffles didn't take a bump, but these guys are going to take some pretty heavy shots right here. So I don't know who the fuck these guys were. I don't know where they got them from.
0: That's a great question. If you know... Who the other two tagalongs besides Ralphus yeah, were, or what their roles me. were? Please tweet us. He is at Tony Schiavone twenty four. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad. Yeah. I feel like we should mention that um, Goldberg here is going to come out with the world title, of course, and they've done a fake Goldberg. That's who Jericho actually got the win against. Sure, fake Goldberg, and we see him here. And this is an independent worker from Georgia. I believe his name was Johnny attitude. Okay. And he committed to the gimmick. He shaved his head to look like Goldberg. And I believe he even got a legit Goldberg tattoo. There it is to look like the real Goldberg. Absolutely. What'd you think of this angle?
4: Uh, I like this angle. I, look, I was into anything Goldberg did. I kind of dig it too. I thought yeah. it was well done for what it was. Yeah, absolutely. And Goldberg comes in and. Uh, great reaction when you see from see look at this great reaction from Jericho now these two guys look at this I'm thinking if these two guys are truck drivers what the fuck are they they're going you know we're we're talking about a guy who doesn't know how to throw a working punch right watch this oh and he on his side not on his back on his fucking side
1: hey guys you love this show and so do I in fact, hundreds of thousands of wrestling fans each month listen to What Happened When Mondays with Tony Schiavone, and you can advertise those fans, and it's probably more affordable than you think. Whether you sell a wrestling-related product, or a promoter, or a vendor, or if you want to promote an upcoming show or appearance, we here at What Happened When have advertising packages designed to fit almost any budget. Think about it. Where else could you get a platform to speak to this many fans at the same time and get that much exposure to the audience that you are seeking than right here? Contact me, Matt Kuhn, by email at matt at mattkoon.com. That's M-A-T-T at M-A-T-T-K-O-O-N dot to find out what we can do for you. Or reach out by Twitter. I'm at Matt Kuhn Music. Help us help you find the audience that you've been looking for. Thanks. I look forward to hearing from you.
0: Let's go ahead and tell you, we're not going to be doing a poll this week. Instead, uh, we're going to do something fun that a lot of you have wanted us to do for a while. We put it on a poll once, but it didn't win. Uh, But we've made an executive decision to just roll with it. And next week, we're going to watch Ready to Rumble. So if you'd like to watch the movie this week, by all means, feel free. Go ahead. And then you can watch it again with us next week. It's going to be our wrestling version of uh mystery science theater 3000 right yes it is <laughs> so that's what we're going to be doing so, next week uh, go like us on facebook and twitter if you haven't already he is at tony shivani 24 i am at hey hey it's conrad and you can keep up with the show at whw monday if you've got questions about ready to rumble look for our graphic we're going to go ahead and throw that up for you early this week and uh, we'll be ready to answer those next week
4: i just wonder why i'm going back and thinking if Bret Hart's. A- a star, and I, and I know this has been a common theme here during the show. Why, even Diamond Dallas Page comes to the middle of the ring,
0: and this is during this is I think during his heyday here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, DDP's kind of breakout year was nineteen ninety seven, but here in nineteen ninety eight, you know, there's a rumor that Dusty was even campaigning to have Goldberg have his first loss to DDP at Halloween Havoc because the Diamond Cutter was so over that it was believable. That if Goldberg was going to lose, it would be to the diamond cutter. was okay. a hell of a
4: point. And as we know, Paige and Goldberg ended up having a hell of a match.
0: Well, but not everybody saw it. You can hear that exactly. whole deal on right. our episode, Halloween Havoc 1998. It's available now <laughs> in the archives. And the way DDP was able to earn this match uh, against Goldberg for the world title of Halloween Havoc is he won war games. Uh, much different setup than maybe we all remember three teams of three and um ddp was the winner there so they're going to start putting over you know a potential match with goldberg here at halloween havoc 98 and i feel like i should mention uh, because i don't know when we'll work this in if i don't now raven jericho and disco uh, were all set to appear on a dating show called the dating game uh do you remember that i remember the dating game well, so Raven Jericho and disco were there. If you were to do that show with Tom Zinc, Ray Mysterio, and Medusa, who would win your heart? Oh, Medusa would. Well, of course. I, I've been in touch with Deborah a lot this week. Did I tell you that? I can't wait to hear more about this.
4: Well, no, we've been, uh, she was on my radio show and, uh, I, uh, I had her on and I said, uh, you know, a deuce, we haven't talked that much. We've been texting back and forth. And I just thought I'd let you know it was great talking to you. She said,
0: I'm sorry, were you saying texting or sexting? Because that's what we've been doing. So let me just say, you said Deborah there for a minute. And I know that's her real name, but yeah. just for a minute, I thought you were saying Mongo's wife. No, no, okay. no, uh, but you no know, deuce. And so
4: we've been in contact, uh, my, my dog's been sick and she's really big into animals. So she's been, she's actually been texting me every day, checking on my dog, uh, <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, that's nice. I don't know why. I'm
4: left to that, checking on my dog, not my hog. My dog. And, and why uh, would
0: she check on your hog? I don't know.
4: But I just love her. Just I would pick Medusa. I think the way
0: it stands right now, uh, I would pick Medusa over anybody. Look, let me mention that the the week prior to the Nitro we're covering right here. Do you I, want to guess what the main event was? Guess no. who's in it. Just freestyle. Who's in? The main event of the nitro leading to the nitro recovering now. Uh
4: the main event would have been LaParca and Juventude Guerrera
0: against the Disco Inferno and Diamond Dallas Page. On one side you've got Kevin Nash and Lex Luger. Okay. That's pretty big time. Yep. And they're going to take on the Giant. And do you want to guess who the Giant was tagging with? Steve- Stevie Ray. Really? Yes. And Meltzer wrote, one of the reasons for the Stevie Ray push is they want both Stevie Ray and Booker T to be near the top. When you want to guess the Bobby Walker court or case goes oh, to court. Of course. So it's a little CYA action. what do yeah. you think of DDP going through the crowd and coming in through the crowd like this? Uh, I always thought it was fucking dangerous.
4: I mean, it, it's great. It looks good. The visual's good, but you know, you A couple of things can happen. You can get hurt. A fan can get hurt, can get hurt, and then what happens there, right? Right. Lawsuits, things. I know Dillinger was really against this stuff.
0: So let's see what we got here. We've got Scott Hall coming to the ring, and uh, in tow with him is Vincent. Who's got his drink, and he's not going to let him have a drink. Yeah.
4: This is ridiculous. It is. It is absolutely ridiculous on many levels.
0: I, um, do you reckon, do you reckon that Vincent went down to the olive garden to get that drink made? <laughs> I have it on good authority. They make chocolate martinis there in the background. We see wildcat Willie. Yeah. And we haven't talked about Old wildcat Willie very much on the show here. Can you explain to everybody what the fuck a wildcat Willie? Was? Well, wildcat Willie was our mascot,
4: much like the mascot, like the San Diego chicken or, uh, you know, a lot of minor league baseball teams now, and even major league teams. Have Scott just sports. flipped the fan off on camera, he? by the way. He Go didn't, ahead. Didn't mean to cut you give, off. He didn't give a fuck. Uh, and th- so this was a part of this. And Wildcat Willie was a guy that when we were in commercial break, much like DJ Rand became, and then the nitro girls to keep the fans entertained, throw out some t-shirts, take a picture of the fans. You know, uh, fans love this, this stuff. They, they love, they love mascots. They do. They like to get their picture taken with it. I thought it was—I thought it was like it was a pretty novel idea. It wasn't a gobbledygooker, but it was damn good.
0: Hypothetically, uh, what type of uh, breakfast do you think Scott Dickinson likes the most?
4: <laughs> uh, biscuits with
0: mustard—that's probably Thank a pretty good much. guess. <laughs> or French fried taters, <laughs> mash, mm, passion taters, right back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me a motherfucker don't look like Sling Blade. How (laughs) did I never see that? (laughs) No. And he's.
3: (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Scott Hall's in there (laughs) drinking. Can't be drinking in the match.
4: Got to put Scott Hall in the nervous hospital.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's process this. (laughs) Okay. How over is Billy Kidman here, man? One of the higher rated segments. He's got signs in the crowd. Yeah. I mean, he's two weeks into a really good push here. Fans are into it and he is your cruiserweight champion and he's going to take on Scott hall, Uh, who is a tag team champion, but still what in the world is, I mean, why? Well, we put him against Hogan eventually. Didn't we? Well, but here's the difference. Well, you see the difference in a minute. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to freestyle that. um, This is Kevin Nash's idea. Okay. Uh, you know, all right. maybe that's out of place. You, you might be right. We'll see what happens. You want to call this match? Okay.
4: Well, listen, Billy Kidman, uh, he's got the look, man. He really does. He looks, he's young. He's. Looks uh, like Ralph Macchio with a weight kit. <laughs> and now Scott Hall, does Scott still have these? Uh... Yep, he does. I was saying he's still had his toothpick in his mouth. So he does the toothpick gimmick. Oh, and now Billy Kidman is getting on Scott Hall about drinking. So this is the whole thing here, right? Getting on Scott Hall about drinking and Scott Hall now is pissed off. There you go. Good stuff there. What is it? I was going to say, what is this? Scott has on his trunk, but he has too sweet on the back. Oh my God. Scott could really punch buddy. Slap. Kidman trying to get up. Vincent down below and Scott Hall with a knife edge chop back in the corner. And now Scott is
0: mimicking Billy Kidman right in the center of the ring. Do you think the rock borrowed a lot of his punching style from Scott Hall? Uh,
4: could have. Yep. Big Beal all the way across the ring. And now Scott says, I want a drink. Vincent's negotiating the drinks. Yeah. And now Billy Kidman rolls him up and I wanted a two and a two count.
0: And my question is, if you want, Oh, if you want to keep Scott away from drinking, why are you holding a drink in your hand? Right. Well, I think it's an incentive. Like when my dog takes a deuce outside and doesn't right. do it on the rug. You're right. I give him a little treat. Okay. I was hoping to give him bourbon or anything. Oh, those will be the dogs at your house
4: with Jim okay. beam. Yes, and Lois. It was. Fighting through the hair to get to the Jim beam. Oh, and down goes Billy Kidman. Takes a great bump here. And now Hall just laying him in. Get off the ropes, says Scott Dickinson, the referee. Get off him, rope. Let's get pulled back. And now Vincent paintbrush Billy Kidman. He breadsticked him. Breadsticked him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the breadsticks and salads you can eat. And back down goes Kidman once again. You're watching WCW Monday Nitro, Billy Kidman in the corner and following him in is Scott Hall. And you know what? The fans are, although they're into Kidman and Scott Hall's one of the big performers, they're really not into this match, are they?
0: Well, because what is there to be into? You've got a giant just destroying a smaller man and I don't know. It feels like they're taking all the wind out of Kidman. Uh, I, I
4: see what you're saying. So you say this was booked by Kevin Nash too.
0: I'm not saying he booked it. I don't know. I wasn't Are oh, you free freestyling? I'm freestyling because it, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Why, if you've got this great roster, I mean, for instance, who've earlier was did a run in and was given a pile driver and he was right out of there. Right. To me, let's have a rematch for the title. I mean, if we're really, I mean, you got some cruiserweights laying around, very talented performers, right? Let's pick one. And let Kidman kind of showcase what he can do. How would you describe this move he's doing here? The submission move that Hall has on Billy Kidman. This will be a hair abdominal stretch. The only thing I can come up with right now. I hope Rich is doing better than that this Thursday.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be into it this Thursday. I promise you. Oh, so you're not into this? No, I am into it, but I just, I'm trying to figure out, you know, this is we're doing in the past. I'm trying to figure out here as I'm calling this, where we're going to go. And Kidman over the top. Great move by Kidman. Oh, but a choke slam.
0: You the know si- The size difference between Hall and Kidman okay, is staggering.
4: I, I understand that, but, you know, Kidman is taking some hellacious bumps and doing a great job of selling these bumps. So I can kind of understand why he's, why he's in this. And now as they fight for the drink on the outside.
0: Scott Hall wrestles the beverage away from Vincent. Oh, and Vincent goes down. Kidman's behind him.
4: Scott's not worried about it. He wants another chug of whatever it is. And Kidman, (laughs) oh, nicely done. Into the crowd goes the beer, and here comes Kidman back. One of the great high flyers, Billy Kidman up top. Oh, and a missile drop kick. Scott Hall's down. Scott Hall's down. Oh, and a bulldog from the top. Would he try to pin him there after those two moves? Nope. Up on top again and a flying crossbody press. One, two, and a two count. I think we're doing a good job of showcasing some of Kidman's stuff and Kidman's fight, wanting to come back, determination. Down he goes. Oh, Hall picks him up. Over the top he goes. But Scott's, I guess, too out of it to make a cover. Kidman trying to sell. Scott saying that's it. And here comes Billy Kidman once again. You remember the finish of this match? I do. He just goes over Kidman just
0: with well, his let's uh to give a spoiler to those watching at home. Well, I, I, I was, was
4: trying to figure out where they're going here. Wow, Jackknife knife powerbomb. And Scott won! two only a two count. What was that?
0: What the hell was that? What? He was going for the razor's edge? And okay. I was trying to reverse it and slam his head down between his legs. It didn't happen that way, but they pretended it. Did. Okay. It just looked like he flopped over
4: for a two yeah, count, yeah. which is okay. Here comes the razor's edge now, but well, we weren't allowed to call it the razor's edge, right? It
0: was the outsider's edge. The
4: outsider's edge. Thank you very much. Got him down. Oh, great move by Hall. You ready? Kidding yes. One, two, three. What what's the point? What what you're saying is why have your cruiserweight champion do a job?
0: What why if you're building the guy up and he's got some momentum, why squish him to a guy doing a drunk angle? Right. I know he's bigger. We got that. Yeah, well you know what? Else. That's a valid point, man. Yeah. Yeah, that is a
4: valid point. Absolutely valid point. I
0: mean, it feels like you're reminding the crowd, Hey, he's good, but he's not big. So I mean, they
4: could have put Hooven to it in that spot, right? Anybody, anybody,
0: I mean, right. Listen, let him wrestle disco, let him wrestle, um, uh, Chavo, you know, any of those guys.
4: Right. Okay. But let me ask you this in the course of a two hour show, if that is, if this is a, if Kidman is over and this, and, and here's, here's their thinking here. Maybe one of their thinkings here, if Kidman is over and we're at a quarter hour, why not bring Kidman out? Because the fans think they're going to see something good.
0: He has that star power. They think what value is his the next week. Now that you've just shown everybody that I agree with that. I agree with all that, but Kidman went out, did a good job. Got to give Billy credit. By the way, I'm not disparaging Scott Hall. I love Scott Hall. Sure. He's one of the most underrated performers right. in the history of the business. You're However, just, yeah. it was not necessary to feed him. Billy Kidman right, right here.
4: Is that what Melter said too?
0: Oh yeah. He yeah. probably wrote something. Yeah, that. I'm
4: sure he did, but I, I agree. And, and of course, you know, we, we do a lot of armchair booking here, Oh sure, which is fine. But, but if you look back on it, you agree. Let's do a couple of quick
0: hits here. All right. Uh, NBC had recently filmed In this month, maybe two weeks prior to this Exposed Pro Wrestling's Greatest Secrets And they were going to air this on November 1st Do you remember seeing this? Do not Harley Race was involved And they're showing you all the behind the scenes Of things you're not supposed to show How the magician does his tricks Mm. And Harley Race being involved Had to be something that shocked and upset A lot of people in the business right? Uh, Jackie Chan was in negotiation or at least discussion to be the next major celebrity to be involved in WCW. Do you remember hearing about Jackie Chan? No, that was way above my pay grade. Uh, the and, s- I, and again, I don't read the dirt sheets. Sure. Okay. Well, I just mentioned it cause I know you know, I mean, I didn't read the dirt. Sheet, you knew about Mark McGuire. Right. So I thought maybe well, yeah. Jackie Chan. Now look who this is. Wow. The British bulldog. And they're allowed to call Davy boy Smith. that here Davy boy is, uh, I believe struggling with some addiction problems at this point. Yeah. And you can tell he's not looking like no, his normal self. He's not physically. Uh, and, and we know what's going to happen. He he would be one of the many guys who would be injured, uh, in this trap door situation with the warrior. What was the talk backstage when this trap door continually c- continually hurts guys? Well, the talk backstage is why in the fuck are we doing it? Right. And that's number one. And, and also,
2: you
4: know, there's a thought, too. I'm not saying that that any guys were, were faking legit injuries. But back then, if you got injured, you know, you were taken care of.
0: Right. So
4: it's a good way to make some money
0: without having to do any work. So he's going to be taking on Alex right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should mention this trap door because there's rumor and innuendo out there that at one point, when they're hiding all these guys under the ring, um and using the trap door for all the warrior nonsense at one point when guys are hiding under the ring kurt henning finds himself under there with a few other guys and you know you got to be under there a while
4: yeah he took a shit right he
0: takes a shit right and it's apparently so foul uh-huh. that the other two guys under there throw up yeah did you hear this story <laughs> yes
4: i heard this story
0: um, that's classic kurt hennig isn't how does a story like that make its way to the back like <laughs> well I
4: think it's pretty apparent if guys come back and they sick and they're puking, and they're probably really pissed off at Kurt and they talk about it and Kurt laughs about it or, you know, just, it's just another Kurt
0: hang, uh, Kurt handing rib. Supposedly mm-hmm. the, the way they prepared for such a situation like this is they would have a television, uh, a small television monitor under there, under the brain. So right. the guys could kind of keep their cues. Mm-hmm. They might have some bottles of water or Gatorade or whatever. Right. And then they would have a bucket mm-hmm so if you needed to take care of business right. you could in the bucket sure how do you do that in the bucket if you're on your stomach underneath the ring are you like are you pooping sideways are you like <laughs> on your side pooping it depends on how big you are you just kind of take a squat and you can squat under the ring sure i think you could kurt henning you're saying could squat under the ring and do Well, this. how do you think you think he pooped up in the air well no or i'm just you- thinking he laid on his side and pushed it out I mean, I know we're getting really mechanical, but it's an Alex Wright British Bulldog match. So I, I think we'll be okay. I do
4: understand, and and by now, poor poor Davy Boy Smith's
0: already blown up just with a hammerlock. I think, um, based on the crowd reaction, at one point he looked at Alex Wright and did a cross chop and said "finger licking." <laughs> um, under the ring, though, let's get back to this. When they give him this bucket, do you think they're also giving him a roll of toilet paper? Uh, I would hope they would
4: because i mean
0: unless there was a clean break you could be in a situation
4: yeah absolutely why would you and i do know that god i i had no idea that this that this episode would go to this come to this but why why would you wait why would you have to take a shit out of the ring i do understand when when you you if you
0: got sick i mean it's not okay if you had an upset stomach i mean i don't think it's something where you're like well, I just ate. I could shit now. I could wait and do it under the ring. <laughs> don't. I don't think you can wait and do it under the ring. Well, we're
4: wondering what what they would
0: uh, is uh, what they would do.
4: Is this going to be like a surfboard maneuver here?
0: I don't know. It looks like something Jim Barnett's practiced on Alex Wright. <laughs> oh,
4: oh, and the fans react to that. Great maneuver. Oh, going up and down with it. One, two. Who got pinned that time? Dave Boy almost pinned himself. Now Alex Wright. Into the side of the head. Hey, job of selling there by Davy Boy. So now has Davy Boy been
0: hurt with the trap door here? I don't think so. I don't think he's been hurt yet. Okay, but it's coming. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did you know about Davy Boy's addiction problems? Just from what I heard. You never saw or witnessed him. No. Conrad out of L-
4: sorts. Uh, oh, out of sorts. Yeah. You see him fucked up, right? I- I've seen him. I've seen him all seemingly fucked up i think it i i didn't see anybody i didn't see anybody shoot a needle i never saw anybody smoking a, uh, a joint in the backstage area do lines of cocaine was that running rampant back in the backstage area back then i don't know is that well reported back then
0: i believe that his addiction was was painkillers and such sure right so i'm i'm guessing yeah. that the trapdoor injury has just happened right and alex right on the top one Two, says Billy Silverman,
4: and a real lousy kick out that time. But here now, you know, Davey Boy is, if he's on painkillers right now, he's not in a good way here. Look at this. But he makes sure he pulls up his tights. They all pulled up their tights and their belly started to flap over.
0: Yeah, he he didn't. Yeah, that's that's the real reason. Nobody
4: wants
0: to be made to look less than. Yeah, absolutely. And, And Bulldog is obviously... Looked as good as you can possibly look at different points in his career. Yeah, and it really is. Maybe not so much here. Wow.
4: That was dangerous. Over the top rope. Could have gone on the outside. Alex Ray wasn't a bad performer. He re- no. He, he really was not.
0: We have fun with him here on the yeah, show. Yeah, we sure but, do. But he was, uh, he was a good-looking guy. He knew how to wrestle. Oh, um, if terrible. you're trying to grow your European presence at yeah. all, it makes sense to have a guy like him yeah. around.
4: Terrible ref bump. You could see that one coming. And there's no referee to make a count. My God, where's the referee? Who's coming in? Anybody? Anybody? They're probably asking people in the back. You want to do a run-in? It's Fox, funny. No.
0: As soon as the ref goes down, the whole crowd is conditioned to stand up and look towards the entrance. Oh, and here comes Charles Robinson. We'll let everybody know Charles was 60 years old back then. Yeah, Charles today, as we're talking, yeah. is only seventy-nine years old. Isn't it great? And he's still making towns. Yes, and he looks great. He wears knee pads under his pants. Oh my goodness. One, two, three. <laughs> what the fuck?
4: Okay, we had two referees and a two count. No, it was a three count. It was? Oh, okay. I thought it was a two count they kicked out.
0: They did this finish uh two years prior okay. in the, in the WWF with Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog and uh bulldog was probably in a different state of mind at the time okay so that matches a lot better but you know it was with Shawn michaels and not alex right yeah and no one's buying this finish at all no i don't think anyone gives one shit about no this.
4: N- not at all reversal into the ropes uh so we'll do it again and over the top pull up the britches make sure the gut it's not over the top Get back in, you motherfucker. The referees are arguing. I thought it was a false count on both ends. I completely missed it. And I probably missed it that night as well. As a matter of fact, I'm probably guessing I wasn't even told this was going to be the finish. And now look at the instant replay once again. Referee takes a terrible bump. He's down. And one, two. See, so he got his, he got his shoulder up and that's, that's what, that's what screwed me up there. Conrad British bulldog got his right shoulder up when the referee was counting one, two, see that they both got their shoulders up. They both got their shoulders up in a two count. I, okay. I, I see where it is now. I, I, I understand. I got it. Next. the fuck hey if you want your own nitro party send a uh postcard or send a video to one cnn center p.o box 60 atlanta 30303 and we'd love to see your nitro party videos we're going to host a nitro party at your house did you apply for this conrad
0: i did not i never did did you ever attend a nitro party? no never went to one i feel like we should do nitro parties for the podcasts and you know, let people book you to come to their house.
4: Well, you can, Whoa, oh, you can book me to come to WrestleMania and i might bring spice with me, baby.
0: If you're bringing spice, I'll come along. Okay. Um, let's talk about Bret Hart. Cause we're going to see uh, the reason that this show won the poll, right? Is the match that we're going to get in a minute with Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan. But I, I feel like we should just mention here that there was talk in the observer mm. that brad hart was being strong strongly considered for a spot in the horseman do you remember that i do not that feels like uh based on his you know ability to perform that that makes a lot of sense <laughs> to me Him it, being in the horseman feels kind of weird yeah. obviously it never happened but right would you have been for that movie thing? yeah
4: I, I think it would have been good i think it'd have been pretty good booking because of the the star that he is and because of how we position the horsemen to be the elite group, right? Right. It made would make as much sense as Mongo
0: in there, wouldn't it? Even more so. Well, I think a lot of people were even assuming that he might even replace Mongo. Okay. Next up, we've got Brian Adams. How would you describe Brian Adams' facial hairstyling here? Uh, it looks like he. It looks like he's shaved his goatee looks like Quite he lost well. a bat that's what it looks, looks like. like what he
4: lost a bat okay but it also looks like he took a sharpie and just colored it in doesn't it he colored in some some i don't know strikes of lightning lightning bolts there
0: do you really think that's lightning bolts he's going for and i don't know i feel like he just he he, he accidentally put the wrong guard on and got it too close (laughs) and it was like fuck it i'm committed i'm gonna try to level up the other side now so now we've got a halloween havoc promo yeah and um halloween havoc i feel like at least in my opinion uh became like the the wcw pay-per-view for a long time i agree we had we had some good things there but did this thing
4: at all sell shit good graphics i mean if it's got a sponsor
0: yeah if it's what snickers wants then yeah roll with it okay i think snickers is a sponsor for wcw it's a pretty big deal right? yeah of course having any sponsor
4: is a big deal i mean you you obviously have got the numbers to warrant a sales team or a marketing department to go out and sell this shit and they did their
0: job do you feel like slim jim sponsoring halloween havoc really kind of um you know set the precedent set, yeah. for wcw moving sure forward? It
4: did absolutely
0: but we know why slim Jims was a what the fuck is this that's kevin nash who's the kid uh i believe that's joe c from kid rock really i could be wrong (laughs) so kevin nash here is uh the leader of the wolf pack
4: you sure that wasn't just a kid run in could have been because he's he's not going to the ring with him right
0: you know what's funny is uh That may have actually been just a kid. That was just
4: a kid out of the stands. That's awesome. I forgot we're not in
0: Michigan. We're in New York. So, yeah, that's a kid out of the stands. (laughs) Fuck. And I think your line was actually something like, you know what? When you kick Doug Dillinger out, this is what happens. Oh, well, there
4: you go. Damn it. Shivani sold it well. And look at the response here, man. Look at the response here to Kevin Nash.
0: I really wish that was (laughs) Josie. So here we go. We've got uh, Kevin Nash and Brian Adams.
4: Interesting story. I-, I talked to Vince Russo recently, uh, and Vince said, you remember when we were going down, how shitty our stuff was and how people hated our stuff. I went, yes. He said, it's not half as shitty as what they're putting on TV now. And I said, you know, you're probably right. Cause some of the stuff they, they put on is shitty, but then again, i understand you can't always hit a home run with everything you book
0: yeah and you know it's it's a lot of times i look at this stuff and i say you know this wasn't for me not in terms of it's not to my taste i'm saying i'm not always the desired audience you know as a as a 36 year old man a lot of the stuff they're going to be cranking out they're going to have some segments that are for little kids sure and and You've got to keep that in mind that every now and again, we, as adults, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. We forget, you know, we're kind of watching a children's show here. Um, that's not to say the whole program is dedicated to that, but certainly some characters, angles, storylines, things like that. I mean, they're trying to cater to that younger audience. So I just keep that in mind when I'm watching it, because a lot of the stuff that I hate you know, my 13 year old daughter thinks is the coolest thing ever. Sure. And now here's Kevin Nash laying in Boy, Kevin Nash was so fucking over, buddy. What's your favorite, uh, Brian Adams match? Uh,
4: I don't have a favorite Brian Adams match.
0: Brian Adams made a, a living in the wrestling business at a high level for a long time. Sure did. And, um, I can't say that I was really ever a fan outside no. of his run with demolition. I loved him as a part of demolition cause I love the demolition gimmick. Right. But outside of that, I could not never really get behind Brian Adams. No, he wasn't a good talker. He was just big
4: right? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's all he, he just, uh, and he tried to, you know, to do a few things with his look, like you talked about these funky sideburns he had, but he just, uh,
0: he just was big. That was all. Let's talk a little bit about uh Sandman. Mm. Uh, Sandman at the time had recently signed a three-year contract with WCW and it was going to be for $200,000 a year. Um, I found it interesting when you guys signed him here. Wow. Brian Adams out of the ring over the top to the floor. That? Yeah. Right after Kevin Nash took a big tumble. These guys are, they're pulling at all the
4: stops. Well, yeah. For big men, they are. And of course they're giving uh, you know, Kevin's giving Adams some, some things here to do, but, but again, just what's carrying this match is the star power of Kevin
0: Nash. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Kevin Nash carried himself like a star here in a big way. Yes, of course he did. His promos got him over. He just presented himself as being cool. He was so cool, and wrestling fans, you know, wanted to like someone. Sure, cool, they did. And he was cool. Sure. Although it was kind of weird when I had, like, is that That's Kevin dark. Nash talking to Brian Adams right <laughs> no. now? That's Darth Vader talking to me on my phone.
4: Oh, and the Bigfoot.
0: I uh, I found it weird when other guys I went to high school with. Would refer to kevin Nash as big sexy <laughs> right that was a little weird
4: well it was a little weird but they all wanted to be big and sexy what's going on here
0: well it's the bobby walker rescue squad okay got it so vincent and stevie ray are coming in and oh what are you hitting hideous? that sucker with a slapjack slapjack because suckers got to go down and
4: now what they're going to do they're going to take the measure of kevin nash here motherfucker is he a motherfucker? Yeah, he's a motherfucker.
0: Sucker's got to know. Sucker's
4: got to know. I'm going to draw in. Let's bring the drunk out from the back.
0: How and- great is this? <laughs> Hall running down on a tank top, a backwards <laughs> bandana, <laughs> that's right. and a cocktail. Well, <laughs> <And a cocktail. laughs> they portray it serious it's mm-hmm. stupid. When he's <laughs> running around grinning like a possum on a yeah. run in, it's funny. Yeah,
4: I know. And it's even funny today. Sucker's got to know. Throw that drink in his fucking no, face. No, he ain't going
0: to do that. He shouldn't have done that. Oh, uh, that's what he should have done. That's alcohol abuse. Yeah. <laughs> He pours his mm-hmm. drink out mm-hmm. to, uh, go ahead and start punching Kevin Nash. Get yeah. that motherfucker. That's and right. What do you know? Uh, Here comes Luger. Yeah.
4: Fans pop for the run in Luger comes right in behind
0: him. Here comes Conan. Conan,
4: And they clean house and this is setting up what?
0: Well, you know, the rumor and innuendo, I think you're going to like this. Okay. Are you, are you ready for the explanation? Yeah. Uh, the deal is. This is supposed to bring out
4: the ultimate warrior. What? Wait a minute. He's supposed
0: to run out here. Yes. And he didn't. Correct. He refused to. The lights go out and Warrior's supposed to do a run in to save Luger and Conan. Right. Um, and that was just a massive miscommunication. Oh, really? So you sure they leave the segment before anything can happen.
4: Oh, you sure it was a massive miscommunication or he just didn't fucking want to do it.
0: Well, that's what Meltzer wrote. Okay. I don't know. Uh, look. But the plan was. For him to run out. To him, him to run out and help make the save and clear him out.
4: God. And it, it, it looks like us. I mean, that sounds like something we would do. Did you tell Warrior? No. Did you tell Warrior? Well, I thought you told him back when we had the meeting with him. No. I thought you were going to tell him like 10 minutes before. No, I didn't do it. Well, who was fucking going to do it? It was, fucking, it was fucking Looney Tunes in the back. It was fucking Looney Tunes.
0: Doesn't it feel weird to have these guys run in? And then come out for a match. And then go back to the back for a commercial. And then come out, yeah. And then come back out. Yeah, it does.
4: Absolutely, it does. But that was us, man. A lot of the stuff we did didn't make sense, and I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of the stuff that, that's done now didn't make sense as do, as being done now doesn't make sense Wow, the reaction that they got
0: lex Luger um one of the more controversial figures in wrestling history was at, was at various times in his career super super over yeah um of course we remember the year prior to this. They set a ratings record at the time, Hogan and Luger right for the we, title switch that August, which we covered. Right. Um, and here he's with Conan and part of the Wolf Pack, and of course the Wolf Pack's super over. And they're gonna be taking on a couple of members of uh Jimmy Hart's stable, who I believe let's see if I can get a look at him. I think it's Hugh Morris, and it might be Barry Darso. That is Barry Darso. You got him and they're part of uh
4: Jimmy Hart's stable.
0: Well, Jimmy Hart's out there managing them. Uh okay. but he might just be specifically managing Hugh Morris. but Barry Darso is a guy who most of us remember as either the Repo Man mm-hmm. or probably most famously Demolition Smash, Crusher Chef. Yep. Uh Blacktop Bully. Right. Uh and here, uh I think he's just Barry Darso. Yeah. And he looks like a Barry Darso.
4: Yes, he does. Yeah, but Barry Barry could work. I uh, one night I was oh watch out down he goes. What is Luger doing with? I guess it's part of the Wolfpack, right? Just wearing black jeans to wrestle in.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, it's just because it's the Wolfpack or maybe they forgot his gear. Or maybe yeah. he's just past the point where he gives a shit. <laughs>
4: That's right. They the, the wrestlers used to to uh, tease Luger that he was big and up body, but Ric Flair used to say, "Your calves are minuscule."
0: Minuscule. minuscule calves.
4: <laughs> They're telling that all the time. So maybe that was him covering up the minuscule calves. I,
0: I'm not sure. Well, you know, it's the old uh, Rick Rude. This is an upper body business, brother. Yeah. I, he's right. In goes Conan.
4: Here's the double team. Oh my God. That didn't look good at all. Actually, Barry doesn't look good here. And Hugh Morris.
0: It's amazing how Darso as Demolition uh-huh. uh just. Seven years prior to this, yeah, was one of the most over people oh in wrestling, God. absolutely, and and, and had a, a distinct look. In here, just seven years later, he doesn't look like the same guy. No, you're right. I, I know it's a different gimmick, obviously, but it's just a totally different uh position. Sure, just goes to
4: show you put in the right spot, what you can become.
0: No, I totally agree. You yeah. know, that's a great point. That you know, when he's a part of Demolition with a great gimmick, he's right. over like Rover, and when he's not. He's just well, another he, guy. Here he is. Yep. Yeah. Jimmy Hart, is he on your Mount Rushmore of uh, wrestling manager? Yes, he is. Who else would you put on your manager, Mount Rushmore? We've had this debate a lot on yeah. Twitter lately with fans. Well, it's Bobby Heenan. It's Jim Cornette. Absolutely. Nobody argues those two. Right. Finish yeah. out the pack, though. You okay. got Jimmy Hart and who? Jimmy Hart, one more? Yep. Uh, I have a guess who you're going to say. You... I mean, if
4: I, you, you have no idea who I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, I'm going to,
0: I'm going to say JJ J. Dillon. I know you're going to say that. Okay. <laughs> well, and the reason I know you're going to say that is you're an old Jim Crockett
4: guy. And right? he, he was with the horseman. Sure. Right. I mean, there's
0: a, you could put Lou Albano on there. Could you? Well, I might put Paul Heyman. Okay. Or I might put Sherry. All right. But the variations of the guys we just named. Right. Are who it always is. Right.
4: So Heyman, I could see that Sherry to me, Sherry was like a wrestler, right? I I consider Sherry more of a wrestler than a manager. And I know she, (laughs) I know she was a manager, but, uh, at the end there, but still,
0: well, it's always a torture rack, isn't it? What do you think of the torture rack and the tequila sunrise? as finishers. Yeah. I like the tequila sunrise. Yeah, I do too. I didn't care much for the
4: torture rack. I thought the torture racks kind of hokey. Yeah, it was, uh, the, the, the big, the big thing about the torture rack was him getting him up over his back. That was a big deal. Sure. But then after that, to me, it didn't, it lost a lot. There's that kid again. You see that? What's up with that? Giving Luger the two sweet. I don't know. Maybe it's somebody's, it, that wasn't Garrett. Was it?
0: Was I'm that, going, was that Eric Bischoff's kid? Fuck it. It's Josie. I'm calling it. Okay, it's really not, but it's whatever. Uh, so let's talk about uh, something else that was kind of coming up that was kind of interesting. There was a rumor in the Observer that Reed Flair was supposed to appear on Nitro to do an angle with Bischoff on October fifth in Columbia, South Carolina. And of course, we remember Reed Flair would appear on television. Uh, how big of a thrill was that for Rick to have Reed on TV like that? I thought it was a it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, for what it's worth, I thought Reed did a great job. Oh, yes, he did. I've said this before,
4: and I think I said it, yeah, We uh, there was an article about uh, Ashley, Charlotte, that was done. And uh, I was in the article, and I said, you know, we all thought because of, of Reed's, because of his personality, because of the way he handled himself as a young kid, that he, he had a chance to be a, a, a star.
0: I think a lot of people thought that he had an opportunity to yeah. do that. And his demons just got the best of him yeah, before it, he had a chance to isn't realize amazing
4: it. that because you used to see Reed nationally in the back all the time that Ashley was the one who became the star.
0: No, I don't think anybody would have guessed that. No, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. There was some talk around this time that they were planning to do Scott hall versus Kevin Nash in a bar fight match. Or it would be taped in like a bar like environment at yeah. either world war three or starcade. Do you oh, remember the, hearing oh, yeah. the
4: rumors of yeah. that? I remember Kevin Nash
0: talking about that. That's yeah. something that Nash wanted to do. Absolutely. Around the same time, barbarian was missing dates because he had an injured neck. Mm. Hypothetically, if he was in the back and needed somebody to give him a little rub down, what do you think that would have sounded like? You know, Tommy young, come over here and rub me in the neck and then jack
4: me off. Uh, Brett and Happy ending Tommy young.
0: Brett and Owen were actually supposed to do uh, an episode of the TV show, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Together. Um, Not together. You know what I mean? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. (laughs) But I found it interesting that it was Brett and Owen, a WWF performer and a WCW performer, working together. Um, Who is wrestling's, speaking of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, who is wrestling's version of Rick Moranis, and why is it Tony Schiavone? no wrestling's version of rick moranis is dave penger
4: really oh yeah
0: why do you L- say that little
4: sawed off guy that was a pain in the ass in the backstage area well there you go we all like dave but he was just a pain in the ass uh, You know, and, and dave was uh dave was quite the businessman the entrepreneur you know that i mean he started out by by bringing job guys up from florida i didn't know that i know yeah. he's a realtor now right but he would he would like he would like book all these job guys to come up for center stage right? and then get a piece and then get a piece. And he would he would drive them up That's and pretty he was cool. like, kind of like their agent. I like and that. that's how he got in, kind of got in the business because he was always in the backstage area.
0: Well, so now we're seeing something that, you know, on, on the real commentary, you and today have been hyping all night and done. I mean, even Meltzer gave you props for this. Really? Did a phenomenal job for this being the first ever meeting okay. between Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart. Right. And I think most people, longtime wrestling fans, remember that the original plan was supposed to be Hogan wins the belt at WrestleMania nine. Uh, but then they cruise on into SummerSlam and Brett and, and Hogan have a match at SummerSlam. And that's supposed to be the real passing of the torch at, uh, SummerSlam, 1993. And Brett supposedly had been promised that Hogan would submit to the sharpshooter in the middle of the ring at SummerSlam 93. Well, of course we remember that's not what happens. And Hogan is out of there after King of the Ring, 93, and he's in WCW by 94. So that never happened. And all these years later, it's finally going to happen. And it's not happening on pay-per-view. It's happening on free TV. And and, um, it's not even going to build towards a pay-per-view because instead we're going to get Brett and sting at that pay-per-view and we're going to get Hogan and warrior at that pay-per-view. But they're doing what they can to position Brett as a big deal. He's got the U S title and he's coming in second, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and
4: again, uh, never before seen these two and uh, is he limping?
0: Yeah. He's selling a knee injury.
4: Okay. I, I just, uh, I, I go back to my, my old standard response here. This should be a pay-per-view match. Sure. It should be on top on the pay-per-view Hogan and Bret Hart should be on the top of a pay-per-view. There should be an angle in this show to lead to that.
0: I know we're going to, um, we're going to call this match in a minute. So I want to kind of get some other business out of the way. First, WCW was doing a promotion where on October 1st, they would have a lot of their wrestlers ringing the closing bell at the New York stock exchange, Hogan, Savage, Goldberg, sting, DDP Luger, Nash Hart. It's a pretty big deal for WCW to be invited to something like that. Yes, it is absolutely all right let's do the match tony right. a lot of people want to hear this for real so let's do this all one. right let's do the match for real back and forth they go hogan this is start. uh oh, is God. this the greatest night in the history of our great sport well not yet but it's still to come
4: color and elbow tie up. back into the corner they go and there's charles robinson calling for the break and are they going to get a clean break yes well looks like we may have a scientific match here conrad what do you think
0: well anytime hulk hogan's in there you know he's going to put on a clinic brother yeah well, here he comes. Side headlock, lock for for Hogan. headlock. Hogan calling
4: spots. He's trying to pretend that he's John with the fans, but he's calling spots. And he goes, "Ooh, lousy shoulder block takedown." And now Bret Hart slowly gets to his feet, and it looks like that uh, some of the fans at front row ringside uh, have are they in trouble? Have they been? Ch- uh, I saw a security guard over there a moment ago. Here is a reverse into a hammerlock. Into a front face lock, float, ooh, Hogan floating over. Look at that. Hogan, oh, and Bret Hart with a great counter move and down to the arm he goes. Old school wrestling here, Conrad. And that's what we expected to see from two of the greats. Working on one part of the body, having the other person sell. Hogan trying to get out of it. Right now, Conrad, I would say this is the greatest match in the history of Monday Nitro, wouldn't you? No. Down they goes again. Hogan trying to get up to one knee into a full arm drag and twist. We use you guys on Twitter that thought it was an arm dragon and twist, it's an arm drag and twist. And now into an arm bar. Hogan trying to get out. So far. Notice a guy in the crowd with the Austin 316 shirt on. He's been there all night. Why do we get rid of him? Look, there goes the fans. I told you. See ya. Fans in the front row are gone. And now Hogan comes up with the arm and Charles Robinson calling for the break. Get up motherfucker. That's what Hogan's saying. Well, Hogan's a tremendous heel. You got to admit that
0: the best.
4: Yep. Tremendous heel. Absolutely. I like the look too. Don't you?
0: Yeah. I want to know if you can rock this for Halloween for us. We need to see Tony Schiavone with a black beard Mm -hmm. and a blonde mustache. Can you pull that off? Well, yeah. The only problem is, is oh, a running
4: clothesline. The only problem is now I have to dye the beard, right? So I'm going to end up going to like four or five Georgia Bulldog football games looking like that.
0: Okay. You, can, you can shave it off, actually. Oh, I guess we could.
4: And thank you for reminding me that I can shave. Oh, an elbow. And Bret Hart rules out, comes back in. New fans sitting in their front row seat are really excited about being there. Oh, and a lousy clothesline. Hogan is on the outside. Oh, I hear they're going to bring out Bret Hart. You know, Conrad, here's one thing that I just, I don't like. Everybody goes on the fucking outside. Why?
0: You can answer anytime you like. Well, they're trying Why? to set up the post shot. You okay. know, I understand that Bret Hart is trying to work a little heelish here. Yeah. and It feels like heels are going to be somebody to try to use the post. Yeah, but everybody uses
4: the post. We saw earlier with uh, Kevin Nash. And Brian Adams on the outside using the post. We saw, uh, well, we've seen it all. I mean, just ah, stay in the ring. But I now I understand what's going on. Bret Hart came down. He was limping. Hogan is telling the fans, clear out of the way. Oh, he's going to drive the knee down, the back of the knee once again. Trying to hyperextend the knee and put Bret Hart in a bad situation. Hogan back to the floor once again. Boy, Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, if you will being his lethal best here on this edition of wcw monday Night nitro from rochester new york oh down on the on the leg once again seems to me your conrad only thing hogan will have to do is bring Bret hart back into the ring and he can win this match
0: but get him in the fucking ring let's go come on do you think uh Hogan had a favorite referee and Charles Robinson. It feels like Charles called a lot of his big matches yeah, I against so. Goldberg and the Georgia Dome and whatnot. Yeah.
4: Well, Charles and Charles was our best referee at that time. He and, uh, uh Brian Hildebrand, uh, Mark Curtis, if you will, Nick Patrick, all top referees. And I always thought what made a top referee is how he would try to be an authoritative figure in the match. It would be unsuccessful. But he would try to be an authoritative figure in the match. Of course, they all, you know, kind of bow in reference to. Bow in reference to. Tommy Young. Thank you. What the fuck? Okay, and now to the knee again. Down they go. Hogan is working on the knee of Brett the Hitman Hart. Can this match end this early? Is he going to the figure four? No, it's a spinning toe hold right out of West Texas. A spinning <laughs> toe hold. Holy shit. Hogan is being admonished. Why? Oh, Bret Hart is in the ropes. Oh, and he, look, he shoved Charles Robinson. Charles, what the fuck? You, I'm a referee. And you, he's going for the to get. Oh my God. It's sting. I haven't said that in 20 some years. Sting <laughs> coming down to the ropes. He's in. He's pushing. What is he doing? What did Bret Hart didn't give up? Did he? No. No. And here's Luger and, and and Conan. They're both in. What the fuck is going on here? Is this another shit finish? Other channel jackass. I, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Bret Hart's pointing to his knee. He's hurt, but he's saying he wants to get back in the ring. And Sting says, no, you can't. Who?
0: Wh- what's your favorite line? Who booked this shit? Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is the first ever Bret Hart-Hulk Hogan match yes. that we're going to get. We've been waiting for oh, years and years, and here a comes a fucking gurney. A fucking stretcher. And Conan and Lex Luger don't want to let him back in because he's going to hurt himself because his oh. knee's too injured. Jesus.
4: Okay, whatever. And now Sting is in the ring. What is Hulk Hogan doing to all of this? Just staying in the corner? Sting's got his back to
0: Hogan. Bret is begging for a chance to be let okay. back
4: in. No, he's, yeah. Look at him pointing, pointing,
0: doing a great job on this. And Sting's taking his jacket off. What does this mean? Wait a minute. Charles Robinson just pointed at him. Is he booking the match? Oh, Charles Robinson's becoming Kurt
4: Angle on the fly here. He booked the match during the commercial break. It's a match. Here we go. Back and forth they go. Sting and Hogan. Sting and Hogan. Sting with the right hand. 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 Hit me on the back. I'm stuck. Sting with the right hand. Thank you. And now Sting up against the ropes again. And Charles Robinson saying, Break, What? what we got to... Check in to see what's going on with Brett. Thank you very much. With Brett the Hitman hard. as you can see, he's still on the stretcher. Thank you. Now back to the fucking match. And Hogan and Sting in the ring. I said thank you. Now back to the fucking match. Thank you. There we go. Oh, back body drop. A back suplex. Fans are going crazy. Fans up front are waving to the camera. Hogan. Is he talking the ultimate warrior here, you think? isn't that the angle
0: yeah they're, they're trying the to angle. set up halloween havoc yeah. here which will be brett and sting and it's going yeah. to be hogan and warrior in just Cover, a few weeks
4: one two and a two count what? okay so if it is oh back we go to brett hart all right well conan's Thank becoming goodness
0: they're going to get him in this uh yeah
4: oh yeah we got to make sure we keep we keep our eyes on that meanwhile sting with a running clothesline in the ring that's the upper left hand part of your corner guy
0: oh my goodness oh
4: shit who's the fuck there's two nurses. Oh, it's Scott Steiner, and it's his fucking lackey. Oh, my God. That's got to be Buff
3: Bagwell. Big
0: Papa Pump has your IV hookup. <laughs> Holler <laughs> if you need him. <laughs> and there's Buff Bagwell uh, wearing his painter's uniform. Oh, Jesus. And wh- what's Bret Hart doing? He's, uh, they're trying bu- to unbuckle himself, and okay. that, that driver is trying to get out of the way.
4: That driver trying to close Bret Hart in the door. Oh, they... Uh, Scott Steiner, I guess, told Bret, i get the fuck
0: out of here. And Bret Hart says, yeah, I got to go back to the match that they all tuned in to see. Maybe Strowman could go try to turn the ambulance over.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so.
0: <laughs> oh, where is Braun Strowman and the WWE bookers when you need them?
4: Okay, back to the go to the ring. And now Sting has been shot. Apparently, this is a match. As we said, it was booked during the commercial break by either Daniel Bright or by Kurt Angle. Who fucking knows? Oh, and here comes Bret Hart limping back in. Conrad, I'm not so sure he should come into the ring. He may be too hard. He may... I mean, we're talking about your career here, right?
0: His career's on the line. Yeah. You know, he could do permanent damage oh. to that knee. The way Hulk Hogan dropped the back of that knee over yeah. the guardrail, he could never recover. Uh,
4: why is he coming back? I guess because that's the heart of the fighter. That is the heart of Bret the Hitman Hart from Calgary, Calgary Alberta, Canada. And, of course a tremendous second generation wrestler sting is going to put the scorpion Deathlock on bret hart is cheering him on bret hart is oh my god it's a ddt what in the world what did we just see conrad
0: i think what, i what? think what we just saw is uh bret hart um has been disqualified for interfering in his own match or may maybe sting hogan was disqualified uh because bret hart interfered in his own match oh
4: my god we're in the midst of a nitro shit sandwich my goodness and all involved are sting bret hart and hogan
0: now hogan was looking for the high five and uh brett left left him hanging yeah
4: now we got to bring down wouldn't you say let's bring down the ultimate, ultimate warrior right it didn't it, he isn't he well, here for
0: hogan it feels like the warrior should be here to make the save because we've got three of the four participants from halloween havoc right. in the ring right now.
4: come on warrior here he comes right we're, hogan, we're gonna any time down any they're looking for the warrior anytime
0: every time hogan makes that snapping move with his hands i keep wanting him to say snap into it <laughs> okay i gotta drag him over and oh, what's hogan doing
4: get out of the way michael buffer you made more money than all of us and now hope oh they're gonna get a check They are now ultimate warrior has got to come in right now. Here he comes. Bring in the warrior. Come on. They're going to destroy his leg. What the hell? Oh my God. Oh, Sting will never be able to get up again. This was all a ruse, Conrad.
0: This was all a ruse. He was never hurt. Bret Hart was never hurt. But how was it a ruse? Like, how does it make sense that, I mean, our our Luger. Okay. You're watching a nitro from the late nineties. And you're trying to say, how does it
4: make sense? What the fuck? It doesn't make sense.
0: So, of course, on the WWF, Bret Hart liked to uh, put guys in a figure four right. around the ring post. Yeah. But you guys have a thicker ring post. You've got the little things for the smoke. Yeah. They ought, and they'll
4: explode it right now. They ought to just they now he just,
0: realizes it won't really right. necessarily work. So he's just yeah.
4: they ought they'll fire off the the ring post and put flames right up Sting's ass right now. That would be? be a hell of a high spot, wouldn't it? Literally. Literally. Yes,
2: it
0: would. he quite the pop.
4: <laughs> hogan now, uh, Hogan's hogan got to get the microphone. Are, are we still waiting on the warrior here? Yes. Okay. What uh, Do you know? Uh, have you read what happened? To the, where, where the fuck is he? Uh, is there he
0: was a, the what mass? was described by Dave Meltzer as a massive miscommunication. Oh, okay. And the show goes off the air three minutes uh, early because they're just tired of waiting. Well, here comes Conan.
4: I love Conan, but my God, there's no pop here. Everybody's waiting on.
0: Let's uh, be clear. Uh, he was, Conan was just ambushed by big Papa pump and buff Bagwell. But now he's able to sprint to the ring. Right. But after fighting off Scott Steiner, he's somehow now afraid of Hulk Hogan. Well, that's true because he was
4: probably also
0: beaten up by his lackey. And. That oh, wow. Hulk Hogan just hit a cross chop and said finger licking uh, to, um, <laughs> oh, and Luger's there. So Luger's well, there to help his longtime God. friend Sting uh, and. Yeah, they're going to help Sting off, and then the Warrior's going to come in, right? Lots of knee injuries going on I here. Know. You know, Brett's right knee earlier, now yeah. Sting's left knee. Yeah. It's like the hokey pokey. Yeah. Okay, and look at this. My God. Can I ask you
4: point blank here, fans? Is this what you wanted to see? I know we're armchair booking, but didn't we want to see for the first time ever Hogan and Bret Hart? And what did we get? We got about three minutes of Hogan working on a knee match over
0: lots of trash in the ring Yeah, fans are not getting what they paid for here no
4: they're, they're not i understand it's an angle but if it's an angle leading to halloween havoc where the fuck is the ultimate look war? at
0: hogan's reaction hogan's still trying to sell it he yeah. still thinks it's coming oh no he's not coming there's oh. no warrior
4: no he's not coming either he's in the back he doesn't want to do it or fuck it we're out of time
0: Oh God. This is around the time you guys were doing the nitro plus experiment. Do you recall the nitro, nitro plus, plus? I don't, but it sounds like an Eric Bischoff deal. The concept was it was uh, on direct TV and you could watch during the commercials and then after the show and off the air, and you could do that for just a couple bucks. And, uh, Lee Marshall would be the guy on the yeah, call.
4: They ran out Lee to do the call. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Dave, Dave Meltzer, and, and God bless Lee Marshall, just a, uh,
0: a snip about Lee. Dave,
4: Dave Meltzer called him the worst play-by-play guy ever. I like Lee. Who was the worst? Who was the worst play-by-play mm-hmm. guy ever?
0: That's that's very difficult for me to say. Uh, I, I haven't heard them all. The answer is you. We were looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll prove me right this Thursday. Stop playing me. Yes.
4: Yes. By the way, Thursday, uh, it's going to be available... Tw- Seventy two hours afterwards. If you think they shit on Tony Giovanni in nineteen ninety eight, get ready.
0: Well, we had fun today, man. And uh next week we're gonna have fun too. We're gonna be covering Ready to Rumble. Uh now, of course, I'm not exactly sure where you can find that movie. It's not on the WWE network. And normally we tell you to just go to the WWE network. So if you know where you found the movie and you want to share it with your fellow listener, tweet Tony and I. He is at TonyShivani24. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we will make sure we we'll retweet that and get it out to everybody so you can watch along with us next week. I do believe it's available on HBO on demand. HBO oh, so there go. you go. Uh, I I've wa- I watched
4: it recently on HBO Go. Go, and they they change their uh, their movies a lot. Wait, wait, wait! You watched it on purpose? Oh yeah! Wow! How about yeah. that? Because. Uh I they're just I just I enjoyed the movie. Wow. You didn't like it?
0: I mean it was okay, but I can't say that I've watched I it mean, recently.
4: It's, we had Martin Landau in that movie, an Oscar uh, winner, right? No. And, and didn't he win for Ed Wood? Didn't he win a Best Supporting Actor when he played Bella Lugosi in Ed Wood? I believe you. Yeah. Sal Bandini won a wrestle? <laughs> that was tremendous. That was I'm thinking, good God, it's it's tremendous shit.
0: So. All right, we're, we're falling off a cliff here. Yeah, You, you, know, what, you okay. know what that means? Yes, that means it's just about out of time.
4: Toby Chimani and Conrad Thompson at the end of WCW Monday Nitro. We're still waiting on the Ultimate Warrior. We've been here 15 fucking minutes, and he's not coming out. Two things either happen, or three things either happened. Either he didn't want to come out, it was a mass communication, or he's still blown up from that interview he did in the ring wait a minute looking is that the ultimate warrior
1: it is it's the ultimate warrior he's coming to the ring thank fucking
4: god we're out of time see you next week on wcw what's the name of our show conrad oh on whw what happened when monday on the mlw radio network